Welcome, everyone, to our next episode of MNC Hoops. We are happy to be back with you guys live on this New Year's, New Year's Eve night. Uh, it is 9 p.m. right now, a little after 9. We're not exactly on that 9 p.m. Uh, button, but, you know, we're close by it. So before we get started into, of course, talking hoops and what else went on in the NBA, again, I want to wish you all, for myself at least, Happy New Year's, uh, especially to you, CJ and Nick. CJ, you you in a different location for us. Uh, it's always, you know, what are the two? We, we, we like to follow along with what's going on. But uh, guys, how you all doing? What are you all doing for New Year's? Of course, we'll probably be here talking hoops the whole time, but are you running out to do anything spectacular? First and foremost, Happy New Year's to all the people, man. I hope everybody stays safe and be responsible while you guys are out. But as for me, I'm just going to chill in the crib, man. Um, probably watch some basketball. I mean, I know I'm talking hoops with you guys, but even after this, probably just going to watch some hoops and then count down till the New Year comes, man. But you know, it's going to be a good night. It was good. Happy holidays. I didn't get to talk to you guys last week for Christmas. So, Merry Christmas to you guys. Merry Christmas to everybody supporting us and the MNC Hoops fan. Uh, it's been a, it's been a while. It's been a, it's been a crazy year. It's been a crazy year. Um, coming to an end, last show of 2023. So, uh, it was only right we came on here and uh, gave the people what they want. Talk some basketball, like Nick just said. Uh, spending time with some fam. I don't do anything crazy, man. I'm a, I'm a homebody. <laughs> so uh, I'm chilling in the crib right now. Um, so, yeah, no, just relaxing, talking some basketball, watching some hoops, too. So it's a good day, good day to relax. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, as far as myself, I mean, I've got three kids. I'm not going to be doing anything quite crazy. It'll probably be uh, uh, cooling off from our show, relaxing a little bit, watch a little TV, maybe stay up to midnight. I don't know. It depends on how close we are when the show ends. But I could care less. If I watch it into the New Year's, I don't care. But what I'm happy, what we did – uh, when I got home, I had actually worked today. We closed at 6 at the store, and then I got home actually a little before 6.30, so it was good. Had dinner, and then my son, he's very big into basketball right now. It's like shooting on a little small hoop inside. My wife's so mad because our basketball goal is in the kitchen at the moment on her pantry door, but you know what? That's, that's the biggest room right now. So after we – In the pantry room? Do uh, No, the, the pantry door into the kitchen. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, so we actually had a little 2v2, as my son says, we, uh, me and my oldest daughter against my son and my youngest daughter. But what the cutest thing was is uh, my youngest daughter loves to draw, write, just do something with a pen. So for Christmas, we actually got her like a, uh, a what do they call those, easels, I think, like a whiteboard easel that you can draw on and stuff. So my son, before the game started, he said, hold up, huddle, huddle, and took my youngest daughter over there. And literally was making circles and making a play. She was supposed to come down and set a pick on me, and then he was going to drive down the lane and shoot for two. So it's it's good having him at this age where we can watch games and get into it a little bit and how how he sees stuff and wants to talk about it, and I love that about it. So it's already been a good New Year's Eve for me. I could care less about the ball dropping because I dunked on my son, and, you know, it's how it goes. Oh me son. and Jalen, we won 10 to 8 or 10 to 7, so it was a close game, but. So it's it's been good for us. That's that's the most important game that went on today. There are some other games. We'll we'll get into those too, right? Yes, that's a fact. So let's go ahead, CJ, because I know you are adamant about this and want to at least talk. Uh, of course, it's all over your hat. Every hat that you wear has this on there, guys. 
a big trade happened. I don't know really how big you want to call it or not, but I want to get into this. And as it's going to be weird, I'm, I'm trying to work the, the computer part of it. So, CJ, I'll turn it over to you and let you just do the whole Actually, thing. Actually, hang on, hang on before we go. Seat Geek, the, um, the thing at the bottom, use uh, $20 off your first purchase. Use code MNC Hoops, man. Basketball seasons continue to shine. Um, I know that there's a lot of events that will be taking on. Uh, at the top of 2024, so make sure to use that code, man. You might be able to save some money. Thank you. I always forget to call out that, but yes, do that. Now I'll be bringing up the screen here. Oh, man, yesterday was an eventful day. I was at the Florida State game yesterday. Shout out to the nose when I got this uh, this notification. I was like, what is going on? Let's see here. I'm trying to get it to where we're all three on there. There we go. That's the best. All right. So, of course, the trade. CJ, you want to walk us through everything? Tell us, break it down. It, it, this, the floor is yours on this. Yeah. So I was, I was getting a cut, like a haircut, when, uh, when the news first dropped, and uh, I got off the chair, and then I saw, I saw you guys, your message to me at first, and then he was like, uh, quickly got traded. I'm like, what you, come on, man, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> And then, and then I went to my other group chat, uh, and it was they were adding me as well. And then I went right to I went right to Twitter and checked to see what was going on. And first thing that popped up was was Woj with OG Ananobi there, and I'm just like, you know, OG Ananobi traded to the Knicks for RJ Barrett and Emmanuel quickly, and you know that was the first tweet. And then later on, we find out the full trade in its entirety. But on first glance, you know, I was a little taken back by it. Um, I was like, "This is a dumb trade," or something. I said something like that. But uh, you know, thinking yeah, about Gates saying that dumb trade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm, that that was the uh, the emotional side. You know, the emotional yeah. side. Of everybody, you know, being a fan. And then once I thought about it, and you really break it down. Look at I just I'll just start with Emmanuel quickly and RJ Barrett before I get to OG Ananobi. But obviously RJ, top three pick, uh, number third pick in the 2019 draft. Everybody had you know high hopes for him. Thought he'd be a potential cornerstone piece for the for the franchise. But just inconsistent play during these four and some change years. You know not not fully five years obviously. And. His inability to, you know, really improve as a player, honestly, on on all facets of his game, and this is one of the reasons why uh, he had to get moved. The floor spacing was just uh, inefficient, and he was getting a lot of wide open looks. I mean, Brunson comes to the team and becomes a guy that demands a double team. You know, whatever whatever we say about Randall and we critique him, and you know. He still demands a double team because of his talent, in the especially in the regular season. So, RJ was going to get a lot of open looks. Unfortunately, he just wasn't consistent enough to knock those shots down at an efficient clip. So, at that point, you become um, available to uh, other teams. You're open to the trade market, and it's just it's just what it is. You look at. Randall and Brunson, I mean, these guys were coming off the bench at their, on their previous teams 
Uh, I know Brunson came in at, in the fold that, that that last year in Dallas and obviously took the league by storm, took everybody by storm, and now we see the type of player that he is. But Randall was a six-man on the Pelicans before the Knicks signed him. Both of those acquisitions, when the Knicks signed both of those players, was uh, he with a lot of criticism. And I would say, you know, there hasn't been, you know, I would say they've been, they've been really successful. I mean, playoffs, second round appearance last year, you know what happened there. So um, they got, they got better, but RJ never got better. And this was kind of supposed to be the quasi big three. I put that in quotes for our audio people when they get a chance to listen to this. Um, But unfortunately he just was unable to, um, to be a part of that big three. So, uh, you know, he had to go. And then you look at quickly, quickly is the piece with, with a lot of upside. I kind of knew the writing was on the wall when they weren't able to reach an extension in the off season. They signed Josh Hart, 80 million. They gave DiVincenzo, I think 50 million, around 40, 40 plus mil. And to not sign quickly, kind of raised some red flags um, for, for me and then obviously for a lot of Nick fans. This is a guy that was, the you know, uh, a late, you know, mid-20th 20 pick, 20th pick in the 2020 draft. He came off the bench at Kentucky. Then I got an opportunity to start and played extremely well. We didn't get to see him in the, in the tournament because of the pandemic, but he played extremely well, got better every single year as a Nick was having a really good season this year was second in the six man of the year candidate last year. So this is someone that continued to improve. We started Nick fan. A lot of people started to see his minutes decrease. Now we know why his minutes got decreased was to, you know, preserve him because he was eventually going to get moved. And it's unfortunate, you know, I wanted him to be in the starting lineup. Uh, Michael had asked me last night, um, via Twitter about, you know, if I was upset about quickly being traded. And, yeah, you know, I, I still feel a way. I felt like we should have gave – at least give him an opportunity to start, get in that starting lineup and see what he could do with, with, with Brunson for a substantial amount of time. You look at the numbers when they were on the court together. They were really good. Offense looked great. He's a good defender for his size, 6'9", wingspan. So, you know, it's not like it was he was a completely li- a liability at that, you know, off guard, combo guard spot. Can play on the ball, off the ball. I think I felt like it was a seamless fit next to Brunson and next to everybody else in the starting lineup because of his, because of his skill set. But with him wanting to make more money and him wanting to, you know, be a starter on, on a team and with that comes the cash. It's, it's a big opportunity for him going to Toronto, having an opportunity to be a starting point guard in this league, not coming off the bench and being a focal piece for a new franchise. And I'm excited for him. He's one of my favorite players on the team. I'm happy for him and uh, what he's going to do in Toronto. For RJ, it's a fresh start. He's from Canada. Uh, he's from Toronto specifically. Obviously played for the Canadian basketball team. And when they won the bronze medal in the FIBA play this summer. So I think for him, you know, the Knicks send, you know, usually you see some teams, they send guys to <laughs> no man's land or poverty. You know what I mean? But the Knicks, you know, kind of, I think they did great by RJ. Send him, send him home. 
he needs to work on his game. He needs to improve on every single aspect of his game. He needs to work on being a three-level scorer. Um, and 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 with that, I think he probably have to change his shot a little bit uh, because I just don't think his form is uh, is good enough to be um, a three-level, an efficient three-level scorer. He's going to have to improve on that. And then for quickly too, it's okay. You got a lot of open shots, and you've benefited off those open shots from Brunson, from Randall. Now teams are going to game plan for you. Teams are going to be able – now teams are going to watch film on you and try to find ways to stop you. So he's going to have to adjust, and he's a he's a film junkie, so I already know that's something that he's prepared for and ready for. And I think Toronto got a really great young point guard um, with a lot of potential. So um, I wish those guys nothing but the best. They had some – we had some great – had some great memories watching them in the Nick uniform. And I think they're going to do well in Toronto with Scotty Barnes and whoever they acquire um, after trading Pascal Siakam, you know, as we expect in the near future. And then OG Ananobi. I think he's one of the most underrated players in the league. Um, you know, he doesn't get talked about because I think a lot, a lot of people don't watch Toronto Raptor games. You look at his numbers, 15 points this year, 48% from the field, 37% from three, 40% from the corner. Uh, from the three-point ball, from the three-point spot. So those are those are spots where he's definitely going to get the ball because, like I said, the attention that those two guys bring for the Knicks. And I think he could put the ball on the floor a little bit. He's athletic. He led the league in steals last year. He was second-team All-NBA defensive team last year, 6'7", 26 years old. So, you know, he still has a lot of time to grow and improve as a player. And he's also a guy, just like I talked about quickly, wanting to maximize and get more opportunities. And he wants to get paid. He wants to do the same thing. Um, and he believes he, he could do more as a player for himself. So I think this is a really good player that the Knicks acquired. Yes, it's unfortunate we lose two homegrown guys in the process of that. But I think he's going to come in and, and really help uh, this starting lineup because, <laughs> as I tweeted out yesterday, watching them go up against uh, – the Magic, I mean, the Pacers, uh, I mean, the, the perimeter defense is disgusting. Like, I mean, it's it's a turnstile. You know, these guys just go right past everybody and, and route to the basket where we don't have a rim protector because Mitchell Robinson is out for the season with the ankle with the ankle injury. So um, is he going he, to he, – he's, he's going to be a big piece in terms of getting stops, creating easy baskets uh, for the Knicks, and that's exactly what they need. You look at – a player similar to that Tom Thibodeau has coached, a guy like Luol Deng in Chicago, you know, kind of that 3 and D guy, but could also do a little bit um, in the mid-range as well, can knock down big shots, get big stops. I think Thibodeau probably saw a lot of Deng in Adenobi. Adenobi's agent is Leon Rose's son, so you got the CAA ties as well. You know, they really like to keep it in-house in regards to inquiring guys with uh, CAA because we know Leon Rose pretty much ran that entire sports agency before he became the president of the Knicks. So that's a factor. Uh, I see some people saying, you know, is he going to resign? He's a, he's a free agent. He could leave. I think, again, with his, you know, Leon Rose's son being Adenobi's agent, just like uh, Leon Rose's son is Jalen Brunson's agent, I'm pretty sure there was a verbal agreement that uh, an extension would be <laughs> on the horizon um, based on this move. I don't think you'd make a move like this 
without a an agreement, a handshake agreement that, you know, this is somewhere he's going to be for the foreseeable future. So I think it's a good trade for both teams. Um, we know what the Raptors are. We've talked about the Raptors for uh, a, a, we've got a bunch of segments on Toronto throughout the throughout the season and how they need to blow it up. And and this is step one. And if quickly can can uh, continue to improve and maximize his upside, which I think he will, looking at his his numbers when he was a starter when Brunson was out with Scotty Barnes. I mean, that could be a nice one-two punch right there until they figure out some other things for the roster. Yeah, I'll probably say that I'm most excited for the the future. What's going to go on for uh, <clears throat> quickly now? I actually put out a tweet that I'm almost halfway tempted to start buying some of his rookie cards because I think their value will go up on that. I hate that it's in Canada. Oh well, it is what it is. I do think the Knicks do make a nice uh, fitting piece with this trade. Poor Precious, nobody even cares about that trade part of this. But you know what? I want to ask you now, Nick, what is going to happen next or what's next for the Knicks and Raptors uh, moving forward here? Do they make any more trades and what do you think may go on? I think from the Knicks perspective, I'm not going to guarantee that this is going to be the only move. I think that I could possibly see some other trades happen for them. Um, But as far as this trade, I'm, I'm actually I was actually a big fan of it. I know a lot of Knicks fans. You know, a lot of them were emotional about it. They said it was a dumb trade and everything because, you know, I can understand it. You know, with OG and Anobi, I think from a defensive a defensive perspective, it definitely does help. But CJ definitely alluded to that, you know, how bad the perimeter defense was, particularly particularly last night against the Pacers. So I think, you know, with what he brings to the table, he can guard the best wing on the floor, per se, you know, and be able to do a great job from that aspect. So, I love it from that aspect as well. Um, then they got Malachi Flynn. I don't know if he's necessarily an upgrade from what Emmanuel Quigley was, but I think possibly being in being in New York and being that backup point guard now for the team, I think that he could possibly do some damage as well. Um, and as for Toronto, I kind of I, I still have some questions regarding Toronto. I mean, I'm not a I'm not against this trade for them, but I really want to know what direction they're trying to go for their future because I mean I'm just like a lot of people I think they I think they need to go in full rebuild mode, which includes trading Pascal Siakam at some point. Um, but you know obviously we're seeing we're seeing the we're seeing the um, the continued growth of Scotty Barnes. I, I don't know if people have really been paying attention, but he's been tremendous. He's improved tremendously as an all around scorer, and then of course you add his defense and then you add his playmaker to the table as well. Um, and then with RJ, like, I want to know, like, to me, it's like, is this, like, is RJ really the guy that the Raptors want to continue to build around? I want to say build around, but be that compliment next to Scotty Barnes moving forward, you know, for the next four or five, six years per se, as they, as they go in the rebuild mode. So that's, that's my question as well. But I think it's a good situation for RJ just because of the fact that, you know, he is, he is back home in Canada you know, where he was raised. So I don't know if that adds some comfortability to his game because obviously playing playing in New York, you know, the bright lights and everything, sometimes some people are meant for that. And that could have been the indication for R.J. Barrett because I, I'll be real, like, I, I think R.J. Barrett is a very talented guy. And I, I even tweeted this on Christmas Day, you know, because he, he, he had a really good game against the Bucks, And I was saying, that, like, man, like, I think people are just waiting for him to just unleash and just really show us you know, like a most approved type season or just a dominant overall year. Because 
we've seen flashes of it on several occasions, but it's only been small samples of it. So I think that's I think I think that's what we're seeing. So hopefully, maybe being in Toronto, where he was born and raised in Canada, and not playing in a big market like New York, like New York could possibly help him. So. I, honestly, I'll be real. I'm a, I was I was a fan of the trade whenever it went down because I knew that the Knicks eventually. I don't know if it, I didn't know if, I didn't know if it's going to be this year, or probably next year, or a few years from now. But I knew that eventually there was going to have to be some moves that did include RJ Barrett. So when this when this when this took place, it didn't necessarily shock me. It it did actually it did actually surprise me. I didn't I didn't think that anybody would make a trade before the new year began. But moving on from RJ, I think it was something that was going to happen within the next year or two years. So. I'm a fan of both. I think that there's still some questions, but I think for the Knicks, I think if you could possibly make some other moves before the trade deadline or even during the trade line or during the trade deadline, I would definitely do that. But I definitely don't think that that this is the only trade that, that they're going to make over the next month or two. Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, CJ, of course, I asked Nick, you know, what's next for the what's next for the Knicks and Raptors? And, of course, everyone knows that uh, Pascal is on the block, if you will, or that's the next move here. And, you know, honestly, and it might be a little bit of my Kentucky bias uh, here, bias is, bias, is that, like you said, uh, Barnes, uh, IQ together, I think that's really a good forward-moving uh, one-two punch with that building, I guess, building block there. Uh, I kind of like what you was talking about, Nick, there, uh, saying as far as, like, is RJ the guy? I almost think RJ is going to be like the Harrison Barnes of this team. Like, you know, he's supposed to be good, but will he ever get over that hump? Will he ever make it to where he can be? But I do think the best thing for him is to go back to where he is home, uh, to get more in that comfort zone, to where he gets back to like, hey, this is the roots where I dominated. And it might be good for him. A a fresh start, a a new beginning basically for him. Because I know most trades have said, you know, the Knicks trade RJ and – Quickly, but to me, quickly is the bigger piece on that. And again, it might be my Kentucky homage here. But with that being said, uh, this kind of spur of the moment question, and, and maybe ask both of y'all, where do you think Pascal may go? Yeah, so uh, I just want to I just want to answer these, that this question too. It's uh, what's next for the Knicks and the Raptors. And uh, I'll, I'll answer the Raptors last because they'll tie into Siak, right? Um, okay. So for the Knicks, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of fans that think uh, – the thing I don't like about social media sometimes is, you know, Bleacher Report, they put up the pick of Brunson, Randall, and Ananobi. Like, that's supposed to be the, the, the big three. I mean, it's just disgusting work. Um, but I get it. You know, they're inter- they're, they're, they're an account that, that needs their impressions. So – but it's, it's not it's not over. I mean, they, they still need another game-changing player to become a title contender. They're not better than Boston. They're not better than Milwaukee. They're not better than Philadelphia, and they're not better than Miami. So um, those are the two. Those are the those are the teams that they need to uh, get past and route to even seeing of NBA Finals. And, and, and in my opinion, you look at all of those teams. Each and every single one of those teams have game-changing players that are six six and up. It's just what it is, and and, and we didn't get to talk about this last week because I wasn't here, and we weren't on. But Becky Hammond, right? She had made a quote in regards to 
the Knicks are going to stay stuck because they don't have that player yet. And, and Kendrick Perkins said they do have that one A. It's it's Jalen Brunson, and she said you know he was you know he was too small. And and I agree with that. That's something I've said on the show for a long time. I've said Isaiah Thomas, Stephen Curry are the exception to the rule. Basketball is a game of height. Uh, the, usually the tallest, most skilled guy um, is gonna if that if that tall guy is versatile, and you and you compare him with a, with another guard or someone like that, and they're both excellent at what they do, plus coaching and roster, they're gonna be successful. That's just what history tells us when we watch the game of basketball in the NBA. So you just you could just go down the list. Curry with Curry, that's why you know that's why I got Curry in my top ten because it's just like he's. He changed the game, not just from the shooting perspective, but also in the modern day NBA in terms of what a guard under 6'5 and how he could create a dynastic um, franchise because of that, because uh, everything is centered around him, just like how we see with these other dynastic teams um, over the course of history. So, yes, they need another piece. I'm looking at that shooting guard position. And I'm looking at the center spot, too. Mitchell Robinson played really well um, during the time he was playing this season, but he's been inactive. He's been had injury concerns throughout his career. So that's something that it's tough to really, you know, trust him and say he's going to be that guy. He's going to be available. It's not because of ability, because what he does is extremely valuable to the team, as we're seeing right now. I mean, this team is giving up. 130 points a game um, since he's been out. But they still, I would still look at that spot if you can make a move there. Now you look at the center pool. I mean, over the last, let's just say, let's just say 15 years, it re- other than Jokic and Embiid, there hasn't really been a, a plethora of talented, skilled bigs. Most of the bigs are jump high, dunk, can make free throws. Some of them can block shots. That's pretty much what big, what the majority of the big men are in today's NBA, as opposed to what we saw in the 80s and the 90s with Ewing, Olajuwon, Shaq, Robinson, Matumbo, all these guys um, back in the day. So I don't know if... Uh, a game-changing center is going to be the move. So you have to look at shooting guard. I honestly don't know what the the player is going to be. I don't know who that guy is going to be yet. It's really tough to tell um, because most 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 of the, those top guys and most of those game-changing players are really you know locked in. You have to really wait and see. You probably have to wait a year or two for someone to be available. Me personally, I know obviously Donovan Mitchell has been, you know, talked about going to the Knicks. It's tough. I mean, he, is he, is he, is, I don't know. I don't know if he's that game changing piece to put us over those teams because now your big three is Brunson, Mitchell, and Randall. Neither three of those guys play defense. So now your three best players don't play defense. Randall is 6'9, 250, athletic as hell, but he has never averaged a block per game in his entire career. This man's been in the NBA for a decade. So, you know, you, you take that for what it's worth. That's disgusting work to me. You're a front court player and you don't prioritize defense. That's nasty to me. 
So he doesn't play defense. So he's not he's he, he can't change the game on that end on that end of the court. Brunson is small. Like Becky Hammond said, you know, a lot of people try to get at Becky Hammond like like she's not one of the best WNBA players of all time. She's in the Hall of Fame for a reason. You know, but again, that's just you know, it's a lot of twelve year olds on the, on that app. So not to mention she was on the sideline with Greg Popovich. Yeah, exactly. She knows she knows hoops. She knows basketball. But again, you know, I think people were mad at the messenger and not the message. But I, you know, it is what it is. But Donovan Mitchell is also small, and we see Donovan Mitchell right now with another really good point guard in, in Darius Garland. I don't, he's not better than Jalen Brunson, but we we're seeing a small backcourt over there, and there and those two guys are their best team, are the best players on that team. And I know they've had some injury concerns, but they got packed up pretty handily by us in the playoffs last year. And we didn't even have a player on the caliber of Donovan Mitchell in the backcourt. We had Grimes at the two. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of of Mitchell coming here. I know it's a hometown. That's cool. But, you know, it's about trying to contend. And, you know, who, is, who who's guarding? Who's guarding? The- and it almost reminds <laughs> me of the uh, DeRozan-Lowry duo as well as almost as far as the shortness the, the height i won't say shortness but the height uh, right. with those two paired up right it's a, it's, a, it's a shelf life it's a shelf life on that and um and like, like i said since randall doesn't play defense it's like he, he's not guarding Giannis. you think you, you think i'll trust you know randall guarding Giannis in a seven game series you're insane you're insane so that's what they need to do this is a good piece but the next piece has to be the piece with all the assets that they have. That has to be the piece, and who that is, I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out. And then for Toronto, yeah, it was, it, it was time. It was time for them to rebuild. Time for them to retool. You got a young point guard. You're gonna most more than likely extend him. You have a wing, a six-eight wing with a lot of upside and potential. He's having a, a really good year this year. That's that's the person that you you want to go. Um, and build around, and that's what they're going to do. You know, he's still on a rookie deal, so you try to maximize that as much as possible. NBA is a little bit different than the NFL as a quarterback in terms of building around him, but it's still it's still money, and you know, it's still you're still moving things. So, RJ, I like that comparison to Harrison Barnes. But Harrison Barnes is forty percent three point shooter. You know, you know, RJ can't. You know, what I'm saying RJ, he has to like he he has to get better. Like he has to get better. Because I look at it this way, and then I'll go to Siakam and, and pass it to you guys. If you can't make three threes, you telling me you can't make three threes a game? And 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 playing like 30 plus minutes, you can't make three threes a game? Three threes a game? Wide open threes at that. That's nine. That's a calm nine. That's routine nine points, light work. Couple free throws, say four free throws. That's 13 points right there. Then you can, you add in Fast break points, cuts. Bro, he should be – I mean, so 20 points is easy in today's NBA. 20 points is so easy. And like I said, the fact that he wasn't even being – he wasn't the number one or number two guy, 20 should have came easy for him. But since the shot – his shot wasn't efficient enough, this is why he got moved. So he has to improve his game. And whoever they get for Siakam, I mean, I don't know. I saw – I heard Wiggins is on the, on the block. You know, the Wiggins for Siakam. I mean, I think that I think that that makes Golden State better. Um, you obviously you can extend. See, I think Siakam's twenty nine, so you could give him a long term deal. He's looking for a long term deal. Steph um, playing around Steph. Draymond doesn't necessarily have to do everything in the front court. 
Uh, you have a guy who can space the floor mid-range. I think that would be a good spot for them. He has some size, something – he has some size, something Golden State really hasn't had throughout that dynastic run, a real tall guy that's versatile. So I think that would be a good fit for, for, someone like Pas- for, for someone like Pascal Siakam. Nick, you kind of already went a little bit. Just kind of going to piggyback that. Uh, <clears throat> I, know, I did see that Wiggins with his contract might be a little bit of a quote-unquote barrier as far as a trade going on with that. Uh, my two teams that I think are the front runners to maybe make a move for Pascal is one that we've been saying uh, quite a while now in, in the Kings, of course. The Kings are looking for someone that can help push them over uh, the hump there as they finish all year, I think, last year in second place in the Western Division season. And then I think they've been at the three and four quite a bit this year, uh, looking for help at the big that can maybe move Sabonis. Well, it still had Sabonis playing the five, really. Uh, Pascal can at least help a little bit in the paint. But another team is, I don't know if I like this too much, but a, a team that I've been hearing a lot is Atlanta Hawks, too. Uh, Nick, you may know a little more on that, but I don't think that time would be to blow it up. Time to blow it up for the Hawks. I'm good on that. They've been lukewarm for so long. Like, I mean, they had one good run, and that one good run. 40 and 13. Like, do what? I said Trey Young had 40 and 13 tonight. You know I, I mean, Trey has stepped it up. Like, is, I, I got to admit, he's going crazy right now. Yeah, he's, he's stepped it up recently, but I still think – I still personally think that, you know, I don't think the Hawks are going to get anywhere. Well, I mean, there's even talk about what uh, – who's the other one? Murray? Jim, uh, DeJounte, yeah, DeJounte yeah, Murray. Who would they trade DeJounte? He's having a career year. Like, Lakers apparently are the front runners pushing for him now. Like I don't think he needs to go to the Lakers. So, if Murray and Young keeps it up, then, yeah, I could see them maybe making the push uh, for – Pascal to try to help and make a run this year. Can they keep it up? That's the thing. Uh, we've talked about it many times. Can Trey Young uh, score more of a percentage instead of a quantity, make it more quality than quantity there? But who knows? I do think Pascal goes. And, I'm, you know, there's reports saying that Toronto doesn't want to rebuild. I honestly think they're putting themselves into a pretty good position to say that they're not really rebuilding, but just kind of reloading, going a little bit younger, getting some other players. Honestly, RJ, it might be good for him because, you know, he's not going to be the one or two even in Toronto. And if Pascal's out, it's probably going to be pushing him even further down. Maybe, hey, they get in there and just say, hey, all we want you to do is just shoot 40 three-pointers on this corner, go 40 on that one, then come to, like, the the curve part of it, now 50 from the top. Like, that's all we really care about you doing and then find some scrappy points because – CJ, like you said, it should be easy for him being the third or fourth option who basically stays at the three-point line with Brunson who creates, uh, Randall who also creates as far as getting the double team. You rotate to the open spot and shoot the the uncontested three. So I think you make great points as far as the uh, two or three threes a game for him. Maybe just a new atmosphere because Tom Thibodeau, let's be honest, he's a – hard-headed coach uh maybe rj just needs a different atmosphere of a different style coaching that maybe he can flourish at so we'll see how it goes i think knicks aren't done i think that they still need to make another move who knows of what and i don't think the raptors are done either i don't know if they're looking for more players or picks to me it's almost if you're not getting a first round pick there's no point in wasting a player for a pick for a second round that's just my uh, opinion you know they're Uh, saying 
saying Siakam is, is worth three first round picks. What should I think about that? And the player. Uh, yeah, yeah, a player and three first round picks. See, that's where I go back to the whole yeah. Go Bear trade. Like the Go Bear trade ruined every trade from here on out. Now it's automatically like, hey, he's wanting three picks for this guy when Go Bear got the value of five. It's hard to compare the two. Obviously. It worked though. It is working now. It took yeah. a year, but they were injured. So, uh, I, I'm going to say two in a player. I don't. I don't see three in a player. But that's that's me. He's 29, like you said. He is 29. So I mean, he's still technically in his prime, uh, still developing. Uh, he's pretty much grown and should know his body and how everything goes. It's just getting more comfortable. I don't see him improving much more. So no, I think I'm going with two picks, two first rounds. Uh, I could say two as well because I don't know. I guess people may not be paying attention because I mean I, I guarantee a lot of people, a lot of people probably don't watch Toronto, but Pascal's still a pretty good player. I think he still has a lot of value at this stage in his career. I mean, it's like Michael said to I me, mean, he's still 29 years old, so you know he can definitely help a playoff contender by any means. I don't know if three is necessary. I think that's a little extreme, but I could see two as well. I can see three for a desperate team, but I don't know of any desperate team that would make that big of a. I think he's got to go to a playoff contender. Like just, yeah. I mean, maybe not like one of the top teams in each conference, but somebody like. I mean, the Lakers don't. Nah, probably not the Lakers. I don't, I don't think the Lakers. Um, we mentioned Sacramento. Mm-hmm. That could be a nice piece. Um, Pacers has even been mentioned some, but I don't. I don't see that either. I would. I, I would say Houston, but I like what Jabari Smith Jr. has been doing out there as a power forward over there. So. Yeah. I don't know about Houston. Uh, I don't like the Hawks. I don't think he'll fit in Orlando, even though I like what Orlando's doing. It's tough, honestly. I don't know. What about Brooklyn? Yeah, Brooklyn, they're one of those teams where it's kind of like it's up in the air. Ben Simmons is come on. I think he's done. And then, yeah. it's- Chop City. I heard Cam Thomas got benched. So, oh. I mean, I don't know what's going on with them, man. I, I really don't. They're they're in a they're in a tough space tonight. So, Houston has all their picks from the Harden trade. So, it's like, uh, I mean, they're they're in a weird they're in a weird spot. I think Brooklyn's uh, a blow it up team too. Uh, they're close, but I just don't think they have the assets for a future. And I think they may possibly end up being sellers by the deadline as well. So I don't think they would go for Pascal. Right, I agree. All right, guys, of course, it's New Year's Eve. Most of the time, people have New Year's resolutions as they move forward. You know, hey, I'm going to work on doing something on that, or I'm going to change this about myself. You know, we've, we've got a New Year's resolution that, you know, started early. And what it is is winning the Detroit Pistons in their longest losing streak, finally. So hopefully the Pistons have decided to turn it around and start winning now. Uh, with that being said, here's something off of Woj. CJ, can you read that? Uh, well, you're, you may not be able to see it. Let me pull it up here. Yes. Uh, he says it's over the Detroit Pistons NBA record-tying losing streak ends at 28 games with a victory over the Raptors. <laughs> the Pistons are now 3-29. and 29. 
Now, I went out and actually uh, did tweet this saying that, you know, the Pistons, congratulations, you need to celebrate this. I started to put go burn some couches because it may be after – this is what I did put is it may be after the All-Star break before you get another one because that's kind of the, the, the pattern that we got going on here. They may not win again t- since February. But uh, you know, guys, at least uh, in our chat, that I've been committed to the, uh, the last two games with the Pistons. I thought for some reason I just had a feeling that they would end the streak on Boston. Boston kind of coming in thinking it would be a, an easy game, a, a, a cupcake game. And I got too excited. I shouldn't have said anything to you all. I should have just been quiet until the game was over. Uh, Pistons were up by like, uh, I want to say 18. <laughs> and then, uh, They're up like 21, I think. 21. That makes it even worse. Anyways, it, by the third quarter, and then Boston comes back, puts it in overtime, and then just faints them, basically. Uh, so, yeah, that was a, a, a big, devastating loss for them. But I think it put everyone on notice, seeing that they are actually trying. Like, this is not technically tanking. Like, they are trying to win. It's just not happening. So, uh, with the – I knew it would happen this game because after the trade, you know, Pascal or uh, OG wouldn't be playing. They wouldn't have uh, IG yet or RJ. So I'm like, you know what? This is going to be the game. So I actually was talking to a lot. You say IG? IQ and RJ. Sorry. But uh, for the game, so, yes, congratulations, Detroit. Uh, Yeah, for real, celebrate it. Like, even one of the uh, media people said that Monte almost got teary-eyed for the win. You know this is a big burden lifted off of this team. What do you guys think about this? Uh, do we think it's going to be another streak, or like, could this be finally like, ha, huh, a breath of fresh air? We're okay now. Hang on, wasn't wasn't Monty the coach that said if we win three in a row, I'll pay for everybody's dinner or something like that? Maybe. I swear one of the in the NBA said that. Like, not the players, but like the the fans in the stadium, wasn't it? Or the Wait, I know, I know, I know about the wing stop thing with the Pistons. I, I think I. I could have sworn a coach said that if they, if his team won three in a row, that that he would pay for everyone's dinner. I don't know. It might have not been money wins. I thought it was him. But. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I do remember hearing about that. I forgot the yeah. But this is big. Uh, shout out to the Pistons. I, well, the thing about it is that I want to give them credit because, you know, they at least over the last like maybe three to four games, like they they really played really great basketball. Like they really played their hearts out, really trying to end this uh this losing streak. They they had a good game against Brooklyn. They ended up losing that one. Then they went into Beantown in Boston, and Cade had a monster game in that one, mm-hmm. um, especially in the first half. And then, you know, obviously with the Raptors, you know, with the trade going on and everything, with them only winning about two points, you know, they were able to break the streak. But the, the Pistons have actually played some really good basketball over the last, you know, week or so, trying to end this losing streak. But, you know, I'm, I'm definitely glad that, you know, they're kind of that, that they're back in the winning column. And it's funny because I ended up tweeting the other day, I was like, man, like, I'm not even really worried about the Pistons no more. I'm worried. I'm worried about other teams because nobody wants nobody wants to be the team that they that they win against. Like you know, what I'm saying. I mean, obviously Toronto, they're in a different situation, and even be, even before the trade, I just had a feeling just based off of how they played in the previous few games that that they would break the lose that they would break the losing streak then. But uh, I'm definitely happy. Uh, I think it was definitely an embarrassment, and you could tell by everyone's face that you know that they were just tired. Of, they were just tired of the losing streak. Even even Kate had like multiple like forty point games, and they were still losing, which is crazy. So, so I'm I'm really happy that they were able to break the losing streak. Now, I'm hoping that another losing streak does not start at least another double digit losing streak. But 
you know, for them to for them to finally get back in the win column, you know, especially right before the new, from right like right before the new year begins, I think that it, I think that it can build some confidence for the young guys. So I'm definitely happy for them. Yes, it was a Christmas miracle. Yeah, it, it, at the right, you know, they can start fresh and, and go into 2024 uh, with positive vibes. Yeah, finally, finally, that's that's the word for me, and that's why I put it there on the on the segment. Because uh, it was. It had to come eventually, like Nick said. They were trying. They were trying. I give them that. It's not like they were just laying down 28 straight games. It was definitely uh, an effort where they, they, you know, they wanted to get those Ws, but it just, they just, it just couldn't put together four good quarters. And in some some situations, there was a little bit more than that. It was like overtime. Like they went into overtime with the Celtics. Uh, oh, that was Nick Nurse. Okay, okay. Uh, Matt said that. Um, okay, well, okay. I thought it was. I thought it was Monty Williams. I ain't gonna lie. Like that overtime game against the Celtics, man. I was like, I mean, it, it was. They were up. I was like, okay. Yo, they might. They might shock the world here. But then, then you see, it was like 80, 82, 82. I'm like, yeah, nah. And I watched the rest of that game, and it's in overtime. They just fell apart. They were able to get it done. Kevin Knox came and making some big plays last night against the Raptors. Once a Nick, always a Nick. <laughs> and uh, you know, he made some he made some solid plays for them. Uh, which Once a cat, always a cat. That's what you mean, but that's okay. Both, both. <laughs> um, but you know, it's 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 good, it's good for them. You know, it's good morale for the team. Like I said, they they were definitely putting the effort in and trying to get the W. Uh, congratulations to them, but okay, you know, it's it's one win. You should expect that out of yourself. You know, you should you should expect that from a team. You know what I mean? And you go out. That's why you go out there and, and lace it up. Is to go out there and get the dub. So, you know, you don't want to you don't want to be too high. Don't be too low, and just try to focus on getting the next one. That's that should be. I'm pretty sure that's Monty Williams' message to this young team, man. Um, it was a it was a wild wild run. <laughs> and uh I'm glad I'm glad it's over. I'm glad it's over. And I know Detroit fans after last night with this the, the ref call on Saturday night football <laughs> and uh against Dallas. Yes, sir. The boys. It was it was a reverse. It was a reverse. You know, they got they got robbed by the refs and then gifted the the pistons to get a win. So it's like they can't they can't win on both both ends. For the city of Detroit, man, I feel for those people, those sports fans over there, man. But yeah, it was yeah, K's kicking up. They to me, uh, just they need they need they need another guy. They need another guy next to. I don't know if I know Ivy. Uh, it just, it's gotta be Ivy. It's gotta be him. I think I think he's in. I think that next guy is, is in college, man. Obviously, <laughs> obviously. See, like, see that. I, <laughs> I can definitely see what you mean, but it's like I feel like. When Jaden Ivey is utilized correctly, like, like he can be that guy. Like I mean, he's had multiple twenty-point games this year. I don't know why Monty decided to not start him this year because he was starting last year when they had Dwayne Casey. So I don't understand like what what Monty wants to do. But I feel like when you give Jaden that, that opportunity, especially with his with his dynamic as a player, I think that he could be that second option next to Cade. It's my opinion. Yes. Well, see, yeah. Well, even Casey is still a part of the team. Like I mean, he's not coach, but like yeah, he's, he's in the office. 
So I mean, but he, I mean, but that's the thing; it's different though because he's not on the sideline. Like you know, what I'm saying like Monty Williams is going right. to make those decisions as far as who he. Wants oh to right, but I mean, what I'm saying is like Casey would have to at least you know have conversation. Like you know, Ivy was started for me, you know, da 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 da. So I mean, I feel like technically it's Monty's call, but if the front office is wanting to push Ivy to get him the minutes, then it's Monty's going to have to do it. So. I feel like Casey is in agreement with him for some reason on this. And again, we're not seeing the practice. We don't know what goes on with that part of it. So who knows really? But uh, yeah, here's the thing too. I'm just going to say this. I mean, I know we still got this pulled up here as far as the uh, graphic, but their next game is against Houston. And I actually think they're a seven point underdog in that one, but I think that they could actually pull a two game streak here. Uh, Detroit, you know, this breath of fresh air on this number one game winning, like I, I think it's going to be a little bit of momentum going for them. Uh, they get to spend some time with some family for a couple of days and go on with this. I don't know what's going on. It's almost a team of, I'm going to say college players. It's almost, uh, it's basically, and again, the, the record shows it, but it's almost like uh, Utah. You know, it's a lot of players that aren't this yet superstars. Of course, Cade is showing it by all means. But who's really their second and their third guy? Of course, uh, who is it? Uh, I bet it said Brogdanovich. Uh, trying to think. Who is it? Is it Brogdon? Brogdon. Yes. Brogdanovich, yeah. Yes, and they're not even talking about trading him now. So, like, you know, what are they exactly doing? Like, we've talked about Detroit for so many years now, it seems like, or at least so many preseasons, one and two, I guess, the past two years, about how much high hopes they have, but yet, We've got three wins going on here, and I'm just sitting here thinking, like, if we've got three wins after this far, is your future really that uh, good, or is this just more of potential? Yeah, right now it's just potential because they haven't been able to, you know, put a, a winning product on the court yet. So, be scary in a few years. Their average age is 23. They'll figure it out. Yeah, we've yeah. been high on potential here. Go ahead, CJ. But yeah, craziness potential. No, they got they got a lot of young, talented guys. I just think they need a few key veterans that can help, you know, guide these guys on the journey to you know getting to the top. And that's why, and that's why I feel like I don't think they're gonna move Bogdanovich because, I mean, it's really just Alec Burks and, and and Bogdanovich. Those are the really only veterans on the team. Everybody else, at least that play, everybody else is. Is young, so you know they need they need some type of guidance, and not even just on the court, but off the court too. We know the life of basketball players. It's Honestly, Michael Michael's probably gonna like me for saying this, but they need like a Udonis Haslam type guy. One thousand percent, one thousand percent. We didn't put that on the pocket to talk about that. You know, but you know, it's all right. Yeah, he got a, he got a podcast out right now with Mike, Mike Miller. Miller. Yeah, it was nice. They had Bam on the podcast, and then I guess I guess they were talking about uh, when the uh, when the Heat had retired Bill Russell's jersey after he had passed away. <laughs> UD was like, "Man, F Bill Russell." Right, right. That, I mean, I, we talked about that too. It's, it's, it's Pat Riley's it's crazy. They got MJ and Bill Russell. It's crazy. Oh, they need a Patrick Beverly and a Draymond. Yeah, Thank goodness for a laughy face after that. I mean, you know, like, besides the whole, like, situation with him, you know, Draymond is actually a good leader to me. I think that he's a guy that can get a lot of the young guys 
attention. I I know the I know the reputation and everything, but I think oh, everyone Jay- knows real quick. Everyone that's listening or listens to this later on the podcast, Nick is a Golden State fan, as he says this. But anyway, I, carry I, on. It's not even besides me being a Golden State fan. I mean, I mean, look, like we we have all admitted, like Golden State don't get four championships without Draymond Green. Absolutely, and he's he, his importance to that team is very very important. And I think, especially you know, because I mean, Draymond's in year twelve right now, so. You know, obviously he's going down to his later years of his career, and obviously he's not. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if we've ever had like a prime Draymond, but you know, like I think I think that he's he's that kind of guy that can get a lot of the young guys' attention as long as he can control his emotions and everything. But besides that, you know, he's very intelligent. He has a high IQ for the game. I think that he could be great playing next to guys like a Kay Cunningham or Jaden Ivey or Jalen Dern or whoever. I agree with you. I really, I do. But I don't know if I'm taking the risk to have him. I mean, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that the Pistons should go out and get Draymond. I'm talking about like a guy of like that caliber who can, you know, right. be okay. Because really, if he keeps his head on straight, he's a great for any team, a great player for any team. But it, all it takes is one, you know, jab, and it's all over. <laughs> so I mean, it's all over. Right. And it's lots out. So <laughs> it's lights out. <laughs> uh, I just I don't know. I would want to stay away from it for the fact that if he comes there, it's going to be detrimental to the future of that organization. But if you know for without a hundred percent a shadow of a doubt that he would be solid, then it would be fine. Honestly, this, this this might actually sound crazy, and I don't I don't think it would happen, especially at the, especially at this point of this guy's career, but Imagine a guy like Chris Paul on his like on this on this uh, nice. coming off the bench. Uh, I mean, I mean, I get what you yeah, that type type of player, yeah, yeah. That's what they. I mean, they they need veterans. That's pretty much what we're saying. They need. They, Rondo's. I mean, that maybe I, I could see him being a coach, but obviously Monty's there for six years, so it's clip. Maybe as an assistant coach or something like that. I think he'd be great for Kane. Um, I think, I think I think that'd be a, a great for him. Uh, Kamikaze, he said facts, and I agree. If Golden State decides to blow it up, Draymond would be a great veteran, and he's from Flint, Michigan. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but you know, you know what's crazy though? Like, sorry not to cut you off, but it's like I don't think people talk about this enough. But you know, there's not really a lot of veterans in the league because the NBA tries to go younger. You know, as far as talent, you know, obviously, just you know the fast, the pace is faster now. You know, they want to get shots up, so. There isn't a lot of veteran guys, like you know what I'm saying. Like, there's only like a few, like a few guys in the league that are like probably 36 and over. Hmm. Yeah, LeBron's the oldest player in the league. Yeah, and then, and then, and then who's under him? Um, Chris Paul. Chris Paul. Chris Paul. Yeah. So I'm saying, like, I mean, there's, there's not a lot of guys of that caliber in the league anymore compared to what it was back in like the 90s or the 2000s. Yeah, that's that's a big issue. I was talking about that with uh, one of my boys about just. These guys, these and these, these teams too. It's like three years, you don't pan out, you're, you're done. You know, and it's sometimes, you know, they, okay. some guys deserve to be moved though. You know what I mean? Like similar to like I was talking about RJ. RJ had five years to kind of get back. But there's also other situations where like they just completely took all of these veterans, got that like 30, 32, 33, you could probably still give some value to teams. Yeah, they're not going to be the guy anymore, like a John Wall or Cousins, Dwight Howard, uh, 
uh, so many other players, man, that, that have been great for years. They could come in and kind of be mentors to these guys um, and then also contribute on the court if need be. Because, I mean, it's one thing to mentor a guy off the court, but on the court, that's what helps them win. And and like you guys are saying, you know, that we, you know, the NBA has lost a lot of that because the one and done, the over, the young young guys coming from overseas to the league, G League, Ignite, things like that. So uh, it's just it's just how it is. That's why I feel like now you gotta have the coach those older players, you gotta hope they become coaches. And then you make those guys coaches because if they're not gonna be on the team from a roster standpoint, maybe they could be on there from a coaching standpoint. Almost think though it's in a in a way the attitude too, because you know, some of the players that you name, you don't or at least I don't anyways, look at them to be uh, mentoring. Like, you know, that's why some of these players, the veteran players, don't – they say they get blackballed from it because, you know, they don't have a, a, a team after them. Is it because they're not wanting to fit to the mold that they're wanting them at? I mean, like, I think Carmelo Anthony, I don't see him wanting to say, hey, let me take you under my wing and show you how to be a better me, you know. I think he would be like, no, man, this is my team. I'm still going to dominate. You I think come on now, come on, man. Well, I mean, like Melo, Portland, and the Lakers, you know, that was a guy. Yeah, know, later, yes, like but that was after he was out for a year. And then he came back, and I think he finally said, okay, I've got to be that person. But I mean, then, even, like, even the OKC, though, like he wasn't the first or second best player. <laughs> I agree. Okay, I'm with you, but. Yeah, that would be the, 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 the lack of self-awareness. Would be insane if he went to a team at this point and be like, "I'm still the guy, bro." That's why. You, that's, why you gotta have, that's why you gotta have those conversations before before you sign on the dotted line. Like this is what we. Right, but I'm saying like the John Walls, the Demarcus Cousins, you know those other guys. Like I think that's why they may not be in the league is because they don't want that mentoring role. I think Derrick Rose, like he's probably our best guy right now. Is that saying, hey? I'm not the best, but I'm still going to make the most of my NBA career because I can mentor and be valuable for this team. P.J. Tucker has stat lines where he doesn't shoot, he doesn't score, he doesn't make an, get an assist, but yet he still plays 25 minutes because of his role and what his leadership that he does on the court so valuable with his defense too. We don't have many guys like that. Right. Kind of like what Nick was saying, we don't have those veterans who accept the older role. Facts. Uh, we got our last comment here before we move on. Uh, yeah, we yeah we we had yeah, you just missed like a thirty five minute. 35 <laughs> but I appreciate you stopping by. I like that's that's a great picture there too. That's a great picture. RJ definitely, <laughs> RJ definitely needs to be moved. It might be, he might be a complimentary player next to Scotty Barnes, but man, I'm gonna miss IQ. Likewise, my guy. I feel the same way. Oh, that's Brunson. I, I don't know why. I thought it was K the whole time. No, that's Brunson. Nah, yeah, that's Brunson. Yeah, that's I, 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 Iconic Sally right here, man, you know? Yeah, uh, so let's go ahead and move on to our next topic here. <laughs> I'm sure you guys will love it so much. Uh, Nick, I'll actually let you go ahead and talk about it, is we've got a return. Uh, as John Morant makes his return back to the NBA, as I bring up the graphic, I'll let you go ahead and, and, and talk on it. December 19th was the day that everybody had circled on the calendar, man. It was the day that <laughs> the Grizzlies played against the Pelicans in New Orleans. And John Morant made his return after his 25-game suspension. Everybody knows what happened, you know, what took place with Instagram Live with him with the guns. But I'll be real, man. You know, the Grizzlies, they, they needed him. They needed him badly. 
they had a loss. I want to say they I want to say they lost the night before, two nights before that to OKC in a blowout loss. And Jaw, like you know, I know a lot of people, you know, they have their opinion on Jaw, especially you know, off the court, but you can't deny, like, you know, what dynamic he brings onto the court. And it's not just his play, but you know, like his energy really, really ignites this team to a whole different level. Like I'm watching Desmond Bain now, and I'm not saying that Desmond Bain had a bad was playing like bad basketball before Jock got there, but I don't know. It's just it's just a different energy that he's playing with now, and I guess maybe because you know, like obviously he's not one of the top scoring options now, you know, so now he could play a lot more freely. But having a guy like John Morant, who loves that spotlight, who knows that he's uh, most nice, is the best on the court. I mean, he had 34 in his first game back and hit a game winner, like. What kind of story is that? Like, you know, most times stuff like that is scripted, but it's like it's it's crazy to think like, you know, like you have 34 in a game winner in your first game back. And I want to say they're like four and two now since he got back. And he ended up winning um, player of the week in his first week back, man. You know, it's it's just incredible, man. I mean, obviously, as a job fan, you know, I was super happy for his return. Um, I know that a lot of Grizzly fans are, and it's 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 fun now to see Mr. T Morant back on the sidelines. I know, I know that he missed being at the games. Um just just hope that he doesn't have any other altercations with guys like Shannon Sharp or anybody else. But, but no, nah, man, I mean, job being back, I think it's good for the league. I know a lot of fans, you know, they're super excited to see him back now. And um, I think a lot of questions now is, you know, can the Grizzlies possibly push for the playoffs? Now I know that their record is really far off, but honestly, I will, I can't, I can't knock a possibility of possibly making a play. And I don't know exactly where they're positioned right now in the Western conference, but if they can continue to play at the, at the rate that, that they've been playing, it's a possibility, but besides that, I'm a, I'm I'm happy that Jaws back, man, and I think it's good for basketball. They are in the 13th place right now, but <clears throat> behind the Jazz, uh, Warriors, and Rockets. Uh, Rockets are at the 10th spot, just so you know. They're 10 and 21 right now. The long road. <laughs> yeah, I think they're going to miss the playoffs. Um, but for Jobby, it's, it's great to see Jobby back on the court uh, playing well. Yeah, that, that game against the Pelicans, they actually, they got two wins against the Pelicans. And like, days. Yeah. Uh, he played really well, had the game winner, uh, like Nick just talked about. They called this, they called this, uh, his name and, and they got they got it. So I, for me, it's just, it's still the same thing for the, for the Grizzlies for me. I mean, Josh special. He's it's just like the Jalen Brunson thing. He's, He's a one B. They need a one. They need that one A to take them over the hump to be a true uh, conference contender. And if they want to win the conference, they need one more player. So, um, but it's definitely great to see him back. I think a lot of people probably thought he had some rust, but it looks like he's been, you know, really working hard uh, during that timeout, during the off season, locking in, doing the things necessary, staying in shape. So, you know, from, from a mental standpoint, that's good to see if you're a Grizzly fan and even if you're an NBA fan as well. I've always been a fan of his game. Um, just hopefully you just learn from learn from what you did, grow, and and just continue to be on the court and, and you know, show your talents and do what you do. That's that's what, you know, everybody expects in Memphis and then obviously, like I said, for NBA fans as well. So. He's always been talent. The talent is always there. We know how he completely changed his franchise after they uh, left the Gasol and Zebo era. And uh, I think now with him being back, stay healthy. It's about finding who who's that next guy that you could you know pair him up with 
to contend because OKC out of here, second in the West. I mean, I mean they're 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 it's you're the rocket the rocket ship is already placed on them, man. They they're they're going to the moon, man. So you got to catch up with them. Sacramento, same thing. You look at some of these young teams; they they got to find their way. And obviously, this year is going to be tough. You know, can they go on a little, you know, eight? Nine, they could go on a little seven, eight game win streak, and, and like in, within the next month, within this month or so, then it, it could be interesting. But just how stacked the West is, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult. So, uh, like I said, great to see him back and. We'll see how the rest of the season plays out for for him and the Grizzlies. Yeah, I'll just kind of keep going with that. You know, you even got the Kings going, who is an upcoming team. Uh, the past two years, they've been relevant in the top five at least. I think they're six right now. Uh, I'm still a believer in Bain. I think Bain has played well this season. I think uh, he should have won MIP a couple years ago. I'm still not giving up on him. I don't know if he can be a 1B. But I do think he is at least a very valuable player for this this organization, and I think he needs to stay. Uh, I think uh, they may need a yeah, they, they looking, give him an extension. So yeah, he's staying. Well, I'm just saying, instead of giving up on him or anything like that, I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. there's an extension, but then they'll trade him later. But I think they need like a good uh, three or four that is that one, if that makes sense. Uh, hopefully, you guys understood what I'm saying there. A, a, a small four, power four, but that can be that one B, is what I'm saying. You got to have one guard and one big in some form of fashion. And Triple J is good on defense, but he's not a one. He's not a one C. Let's just be honest with that. So, uh, <laughs> one C. Yeah, that's the only thing on that is I think. Jaw is so good that it makes fills that void for a while, but when it comes to playoffs, I just don't think he can be the one completely on that. Like he is the one A, just the uh, athleticism that he has is so phenomenal that it it makes up for the other players in that. But he's got to have help at some point. Rose be great if it could be him, but we know that ship sailed. Be a great story. Uh yeah. I like Marcus Smart too. I think he's a, he, he's a good player for them. Yeah. It's still more of the same thing that we're all saying, and they're, they're still missing that key. Piece. Yeah, it's almost like it's uh, that ten or eleven year old AAU team where they're all okay, decent, good, and you got that one player that's like you got to check his birth certificate, and make sure he's of age. John Morant's that one guy. You know, he he's so much better than the rest of his team that he brings his team up to there. But uh. You know, I'm going to try to use this into my segue. I'm so glad I didn't know he had that game winner. But, you know, we just had last night a game-tying shot that was uh, kind of controversial. And we'll go ahead and move on over to that as I bring it off of here. Of course, LeBron James, who everyone hates, was upset with a call late against the Timberwolves. I'm sorry, loves. my bad. That's my own self. Uh, that everyone loves and idols, unfortunately. Uh, he had a uh, last-second shot, I think a three-pointer, and it went in, tied the ball game up. But looking at the camera, apparently it was just a two. And, of course, I think I've got the clip here. I just got to go on it and get it. So, uh, Nick, did you happen to watch that any live by chance? I didn't watch the game live. I was supposed to go back today to watch it, but I didn't. But I was able to see the replay. Okay, let me get on here because I think it's got audio. I just got to be able to get it to play. Let me pause it first so so it's not going to be spoilers here. I want to say, can you go full screen? Uh, let's see here. Whoop. I think it's like right at the end. Here we go. 
There we go. All right, here we go. How does it does it look okay on your all screen? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> they always get they always do the ball like this, man. Looking at, I completely understand. You can't see it grow up, so if you look at the steps there, takes a shot. I mean, it looks like it's on the wall. LeBron actually posted the two on his IG. Not my call. Nah, right. come on, ref, man. The ref got to stand on business. He was like, oh, man, that, that's what the replay's in the call. That's not me. Come on, man. Stand on business, man. You probably agree with that, too. Yeah, that's what they do, man. They have to, don't they? Yeah, yeah. They go, everything goes back to Jersey. It's a caucus. Yeah. So. Now, when I see this, I think about uh, that call that LeBron didn't get against the Celtics last that, year. That's what I was thinking, too. And then Pat <laughs> Bev came with the camera. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he was wilding during that call, bro. I just throw back to that. Like when this mannerisms, that's the first thing. <laughs> and you know, first let me bring this comment on because I appreciate this. Uh, great content, I sub. We appreciate that always. Uh, also, I think the referees got to do a better, uh, better job now. Image, uh, if it was Game Seven or the NBA Finals or something like that. Whew. Yeah. That's a good point. Seven, somebody I mean, fired after the game. Well, I mean, it's brothers too. That's like top of the line official. So, yeah, that's true. I mean, what what can you really say? Like they sent it to the booth. The booth looked at it from every angle. Have you all, and I almost wanted to see if I could find it, but I didn't have time. There's actually uh, a video now, and it was before this play, before, before yesterday that I seen it, where it's like an optical illusion from cameras on the three point line. And it showed a camera angle where it came in. It looked like the guy was completely standing on it. And he just had the shoe laying there. Like, there was nobody in the shoe whatsoever. And, you know, like, yeah, he's totally on the line. Well, when they went over top of the shoe, it was like an inch back. And it's just kind of how the angle goes on it to see the gap between the, t- the everything. I'm not saying this is that exact example of what happened. I'm just saying that, that was pretty cool what I saw. But – I'm not going to lie, I had money on this game because the Lakers at the start was down by four in the first quarter, and it was like a big payout for him. So, like, yeah, I'll throw five bucks on this. So I really wanted this to count for me. But it happens, I guess. I mean, what can you argue on this? Of course, LeBron is going to argue because he argues everything. But what can you say? Like, there's no way of flipping anything on this. The, the, the New York, I think it is, looked at it, and they said it's not. You have to go with it, right? Yeah, I mean – Yes, but also you still want to make sure you got to get the right call, man. And, I mean, his it looked like his foot was behind the line. It was close. It was close. It didn't look like his foot. It's a close call. But, you know, those guys in, in Jersey, they get paid to look at every single angle. They got all these cameras now in 2023. <laughs> Going into 2024, they got all the cameras. So. Nah, man, his, his whole shoe was behind that line, man. I'm looking at it up close now. His whole shoe was behind that thing. It, it yeah, is close, though. It is close. That's what I'm saying. It's close, but it, it did look like it was, it was a three-pointer, man. So, 
Um, they they got to get they got to get it together. They got to get it together because these regular season games matter too when it comes to seeding and playing seeding. If you make the play-in, this team lost to this team, but this team beat this team, so that's the difference between ninth and tenth. Like you know, stuff like that is going to count, even though we're in you know in the forties in terms of games, almost in the forties. So. Uh, and this is not even the first. This is not. This is not the first. This is the first of many. One of many calls where the refs throughout the season have have missed some some pretty obvious calls. So um, they got to get it right, bro. They got to get it right. They'll they'll come out and tweet. <laughs> they have the whole tweet. They have a whole Twitter account. And they'll tweet when they make a mistake and like, yeah, that's our fault. It's like, but man, nothing I mean, happens, you know. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, nothing. I mean, yeah, you can't go back and play the game over. Like that's it's just. Well, that's like the NFL. I think they already came out and said that they messed up by not having the uh, the Lions wide receiver or the eligible receiver. Uh, they made the wrong call. I think I seen something on that. But Terrible. the guy must not have talked to the ref. Is all I can say on that. And I'll take the W any way I can because De- uh, Des Bryant's wasn't a fumble. So let's just call it what it is. I mean, yeah, also another thing, another thing that we need to highlight too is that. The Lakers have really not been that good since the in-season tournament championship. Um, I don't know their exact record. I mean, I know they got a few wins against like OKC when LeBron just went crazy in that um, in that game when he had when he had like forty. But they lost to Boston recently. They lost to Minnesota last night. They just got blown out by New Orleans. I don't know. I mean, you know, I know that I know that they've been making adjustments. I know D'Angelo Russell. I went to the bench and everything, but I don't know, man. It's like. I ain't gonna say it's like a hangover from the in-season tournament, but you know, it definitely has not been the same caliber basketball that, that they've been playing in this regular season rather than you know the in-season tournament what i hear you say is man it's kind of obvious now that the lakers were rigged to win the in-game or in-season tournament for lebron standing i mean that's just what i heard you say and if true I with you nick i mean it was in the script we know that it's in the script but also, uh, happy birthday to, or happy belated birthday to lebron he just turned 39 yesterday what do you even say uh, did you turn 39 or 38? 39. 39 now, yeah. Yeah, the Lakers, uh, listen, uh, you know, Darvin Ham is, I mean, he's going to always be on the hot seat, you know, being the head coach of that team. So, and then. I had him at the hot seat, like, in his, like, third game as a coach. Yeah, <laughs> no, last year. They were, like, one and two. Oh, is it time? I'm like, wow, this is incredible. This <laughs> uh, is like, yo, is it time to move on? I'm like, this, you know, these guys on the TV are incredible. Um they, I mean, I mean, AD's playing well. Listen, you know, game one, I came out and you know had my criticisms, but big time. yeah, big time. He, he is he is stepping up. He's leading the league in rebounds. Um, I think he's top five in block shots per game. Had forty, had forty and thirteen on Christmas Day. So I mean, he's 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 bowling, um, but they're just it's just not clicking as a collective. Uh, it's just they've been mixed matching lineups and. Adilo, just it's not gonna work for him because he's he's the type of guy where he needs the basketball to mm-hmm. to get things done. He has to be a consistent shooter, especially if you're playing in a lineup next to LeBron. Yeah, and that, that's what I'm saying. You look at the point guards Le- Le- LeBron has played with outside of Kyrie, both like, in spot spot up guys. Yeah, Mo Williams, uh, Rondo was not. Not Rondo had to, you know, figure out, yeah, I, I got to make these open shots if I want to close in the fourth quarter with LeBron during that bubble year. That's what you have to do. LeBron is the, LeBron is the point guard. That's just what it is. Everybody knows that. You've seen it for the last, you know, 20-plus years. So, 
Um, and Helms actually just said that too, that he will play point guard the rest of the year. He will be the point guard. There you go. And then you look at their you look at their shooting guards, you look at the, the shooting guard, the small forward. It's just it's inconsistent. I mean, shooting guard the power forward. You, you need you need shooting. You need shooting there. Torian Prince was a you know 39% three-point shooter. On the, this, this always happens when these when these guys go to the Lakers. It's like they 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 forget how to shoot, um, and I get it's a different type of pressure. It's a different type of pressure when Braun kicking you that ball as opposed to you know, <laughs> Edwards, bro. <laughs> when it's when it's Braun kicking you the rock, it's that's that's a different type of pressure. And you playing for the Lakers too, man. That Lakers jersey, <laughs> you, you got you got Braun fans and Laker fans beaming at your the back of your jersey to make that shot. So. Um, all eyes are watching you. It's this a, a different mode where you got to lock in. And, you know, he hasn't really stepped up yet. Can, uh, we put in Hachimura and uh, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's a good defender, but he can't shoot. can't shoot. Oh, my God, he can't shoot. This is what I was saying earlier, bro. Like, hey, what? Like, you can't make – you can't, you're telling me you cannot make three wide-open threes a game, bro? The amount of time you're in the gym on a daily basis, you can't make three wide open threes a night. That's crazy. Like every shot that these uh, role players take is the bottom corner. Like, I mean, that's where you basically end up at. So I don't know how or why it always works out that way. I mean, I do know the rotations. That's what you do when the help defense back turn. You That's where you rotate. I was pretty sure if I was a role player on any team, before I left practice, I would shoot 50 on both sides and make at least 30 to 40% because, you know, you should be tired after practice and whatnot. Shoot around. So that's the only thing I would work on. If I see Vanderbilt doing anything other than running to the corner, someone passing to him, let him shoot in a three, be like, no, man, what are you even working on? Like, that's that's what we end up doing with you. But that's just me. Yeah, his, I, I don't know his, how these players don't do that. His form isn't. He doesn't have the his, his form isn't traditional, so it's it's a it's a kind of a flunk it's a flunky form funky form, and it, it takes a while for him to release it. So I mean, he, like I said, he does everything else extremely well. That's why he starts right. But well, but on offense, man, when teams load up on AD and Bron, you got to be forward, bro. Uh, like you said, corner threes. I mean. That's the that's the the shortest shot, shortest three point shot in, in the game. So I don't know, I don't know. They got to figure that out. That's why you see people they're talking about Jamal, uh, not Jamal Murray, uh, Dejounte Murray, uh, mm-hmm. potentially going there. Of course, who's he represented by? Rich Paul. Who's Rich Paul represented by? LeBron James. So you know that Clutch Sports Mafia. <laughs> so people trying to connect the dots there, but. It's, it's it's a weird scenario. It's a weird scenario. They got to figure it out because like the Clippers, man, we, we thought we thought everything was falling down for the Clippers, and they're they're hitting every they're hitting everything right now. They're they're playing extremely well. They're figuring it out. And I, like I said, Ty Lue is that guy. I always, and again, I even go back to that for them. They I don't know how they fumbled not bringing in Ty Lue after Ty Lue took that year off after Cleveland. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to pay him what he was worth, and I. You know, LeBron's on his what? I mean, this is what his third coach with the Lakers. This is three, Walton, Luke Walton, uh, Frank Vogel, and and him. 
This <laughs> is three coaches in five years for LeBron. I mean, and then you don't, but you don't sign, the, you don't sign the guy that helped him win the chip in Cleveland in historic fashion when he's available. And then he goes to the team. He goes to this. He goes to the the, the team Same in the arena. Like, uh, Bus, we got questions. That's my practice. That's my practice. Rob Polinka, what's going on? Guys, I want to ask a question though. While this footage is still playing over on repeat like crazy, does anyone else have the chance to point at the TV like LeBron does and complain and point like that, or would they got a technical right away? No, nah, you know, obviously, you get special privileges, bro. All, all, all the LeBron, man. I mean, I, I've, seen, I've seen clips of Jordan telling refs, "Yo, that was a that was a foul," and they was like, "Okay, Mike. Okay, Mike. I got you, Mike." Oh, yeah. he's playing. That's not real. That was a rough one. That was like, oh man, I didn't see it, but I believe, I believe you, Michael. Michael. Yeah, yeah. Come on, man. all right. I got you next time. Like, come on. It happened. All, all, all the it's called superstar calls for a reason. I mean, Cole, Cole was the same way too. I remember. All these guys, man. All these guys. They, 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 they get, they get the calls, bro. Of course, of course. I mean, look, look at there's so much money in the, in these games nowadays. But yeah, like yeah, LeBron. LeBron got, of course, LeBron got privilege. I mean, he's the face of the league, right? So let's go ahead and uh, switch on over. Uh, we still got quite a few of topics, and we got to get off here before New Year's Day. I'm assuming you all want to be off before the ball drops, or we're going to drop the ball on that timing. Then see what I did. No matter to me, man. Let's see. I'm in tonight. Let me go back. All right, I think I got it here. CJ, I just commend you to work the graphics and stuff like that. That's pretty tough on this. So let's go back and recap some of the Christmas Day games. Uh, we had quite a few, of course, as always. I want to say I seen something on Twitter that or X that said uh, – did it not go? What did I do wrong? Oh, I got to share the wrong one. See, I've already messed up. That the Charlotte Hornets are the only team to never play a Christmas – Game, that's honestly crazy when you think about it, especially with that '90s team with like Alonzo Mourning and Del Curry, uh, Del Curry and those Johnson, guys, Muggsy, Muggsy all them yeah. too. That's crazy. Like they never play. Like they never played the Knicks on Christmas. They never played the Bulls on Christmas in those that's years. Crazy. That's a lot. All right, so here's some of the games for you podcasters who are listening later on. Of course. Uh, Christmas Day games, the Knicks um, upset the Bucks. Yes, I said that for you, CJ. 129-122. Uh, uh, you want to talk about that game, any? Jalen, of course, had 38, 4-6. Uh, uh, Giannis, 32-13-6. and six. Yeah, this this was the last win the Knicks have had. <laughs> this is the only win <laughs> week for the Knicks. Oh, shoot, has it really? Yeah, they're on a, a oh, uh, four-game losing streak. Yeah, on a four-game losing streak. Yeah. The Knicks so, Pistons, uh, here we are. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, this is a big win. They had just got blasted by Milwaukee a couple of days prior, um, and Brunson went off. Milwaukee wasn't able to hit any threes. And, you know, Brunson showed out thirty-eight points uh, on Christmas Day. I, I think it's, I don't know, it's been a while since the Knicks got a win on Christmas. So uh, that that was a that was a good good win. And then, like I said, the rest of the week ended up being a disaster. <laughs> Didn't they beat Atlanta on Christmas like a few years ago? 
Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't remember. I think they did. I can't remember. Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Yes, they did. They did. They did. Be, that was two years ago. You're right. You're right. You're right about that. You're right about that. Of course. Yeah. Another game we had on Christmas was the Nuggets uh, beating the Warriors 120 to 114. Nick, do you want to talk about that? Give credit to the Warriors second unit because they were the ones that really carried us throughout that game, honestly, because, I mean, Steph kind of came alive like late in the game, but he didn't shoot the ball particularly well. Clay didn't really have a good game, but, you know, the Nuggets playing at home and their altitude, I kind of, I had a feeling that, that I had a feeling that they were going to come out on top and, you know, they did. It's crazy because Jokic didn't even really have – I mean, I know he had a – I want to say he had a triple-double or maybe a double-double, but he didn't shoot the ball. 26-14-8. Yeah, so, I mean, he didn't really shoot the ball particularly well. I mean, most of his points got, got from the free throw line. So, it wasn't like the – I mean, it was, it was an exciting game, but it was like it was kind of like bad shooting from like all the stars on both teams. But, you know, it was it was, it was was still a good win for the Nuggets. Got to give him credit. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a good it was a good win. There was some questionable calls in that game. I, this yeah. was uh, Steve Kerr came out and you know was uh, pretty upset about the officiating in this game. Uh, I don't know what's up with Curry on Christmas Day. I mean, he's just he has not been good. Um, I don't know why. I think Christmas Day is his, his kryptonite. Um, and yeah, I mean, listen, the Warriors. Man, I'm blanking on on these two guys' names. The the rookies. But they're playing some good basketball. Or whatever his name is. Say that one more time. Pozemski. I I, I always Pozemski. Yeah, yeah, yeah Pozemski and uh the the, the the uh front court player you got. Oh uh, Tracy Jackson Jackson Davis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They I mean, listen, you know, in the minutes they they've been able to uh to get they've been playing some pretty good ball. Uh, Wiggins had a had a solid game um in this one as well. But it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to, to get these wins. And like I said, when Curry when Curry's not playing well, Clay didn't have that great of a game. Uh, Murray stepped up and had some big shots late to kind of, you know, uh, uh, seal it. And then that, that was really it. So a uh, solid win for Denver. Honestly, you know, going back to Wiggins real quick, like there was a lot of times where, like, you know, he would make a bucket that he would, he would go back down the court like huffing and puffing. I couldn't tell if that was just the altitude getting to him or if he's just, like, out of shape. I said it's probably the house too. Probably, yeah. But it was crazy seeing it. The next game that was on the schedule is the Lakers 115, Boston's 126 win. Of course, Boston's at this time was uh, 23 and 6. The Lakers are just over 500 at this game. Anthony Davis, 40 points, 13 and 4. Of course, Poisingus, not Poisingus, the Poisingus. 28, 11, and 2 for Boston. Big win for them, of course. I did hear some people really bad-mouthing something that LeBron said after the game, that uh, he doesn't really care about the Christmas games. He'd rather be home with his family. And it's kind of left, left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths, uh, at least on the SiriusXM radios, the NBA channel that they have. Just really thought it was a comment that may be true, but it was just like, why say it after the game? And of course, you lost that game, and you're just kind of coming at him a little bit there. Would you all think before the game? Before, the, said it before the, game. the game, was it before the game? Yeah, he said it before the game, and it, it got a lot of you got a lot of the pushback for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everybody knew they were losing this game. Like, come on, this is the yeah. best. I mean, I mean, they're the best team in the East. Uh, they're still, Arguably, I believe they're 15 and 0 at home. I know this yeah, game. Yeah, I think they're, they're, 
undefeated at home. I didn't even yeah. know that until uh, till the uh, Detroit game. 65, man. I'll tell you. I'll try to tell you. Yeah. Uh, this team is stacked. Yo, Derek, I mean, hey, listen, they might have they might have four All-Stars. They might have four All-Stars. Very well. A lot of talk about uh, Derek White and should he be an All-Star this year? That's been, you know, kind of – Yeah, but it's like who is he making it over, though, like as far as guards in the East? Like I, I get what people saying. I saw J.J. Reddick tweet that, but it's like I don't have him over like Halliburton, Jalen Brunson, um, Trey Young, and a few other guys. Yeah, no, listen, I I agree, but I mean, even if he's a snub, it just goes to show the talent that this this team has. Like, right. like he probably won't make it, but I mean, he's he's been playing he's been playing the best basketball of his career, uh, hands down. I mean, he's he's a guy that on offense he's capitalizing on the op- the opportunities and open opportunities he he gets because of the, those three guys and the attention they bring. And then on defense, man, I mean, they had a block. I think it was against the Pistons. I mean, he had a crazy block where his, his back was turned. He just spun around real fast and got – I think it was on three. Crazy, crazy block, great defender, high IQ, played with the spray. So, you know, his, his IQ is high. You know, to be playing with Pop, you know you got to have high IQ. Um, he, I mean, he, he he's probably going to – he definitely will probably miss um, the All-Star game, but – you know they're 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 stacked, bro. Like I, like 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 I said in September, bro. They are stacked, and uh, bro. I mean, they get one on you get one on ones every night. They get Tatum and these these get they get one on ones every night. You can't double anybody. So when you can't double anybody, it's it's just free access to the rim. And Porzingis being a floor space in five, that that paint is wide open. Teams don't have enough defenders for this team, so. Again, as I said, bro, like they lock in, they're gonna get 65, bro. They're gonna get 65 wins. It's just, I hope they don't get 65 wins. I hope <laughs> they get 64. Honestly, like with, with all this talk with Boston, I mean, and we're, we're all high on Boston, man. Like, this this window, as far as winning the championship, they got to make it happen like this year or next year. I mean, I get it, you know, I know that Tatum's still 25, 26, so, so is Jalen Brown, so they, they still got enough time, but man, like this window right now, as far as winning a championship. Is open. I mean, I know, I know, we still got Denver. They're the uh, defending champs, and they're one of the favorites, and a few other teams as well. But, but like, Boston got to make it happen soon. They got to make it happen. Yeah, I mean, they're the, they're the favorites. I mean, they're the favorites to win it all, um, deservedly so. And I agree. I mean, these they they got to win a chip in these next two years. If not, then there'll, there'll be some major moves. I agree. Right. Speaking of moves, I think Watt is definitely proving that he was the right choice instead of Marcus Smart. Just for the way that this team set up, Marcus Smart, no disrespect to you, but the able to shoot uh, outside plus what else he's doing, I think they did make the right choice on that. I know uh, in earlier episodes we were talking about, you know, they got a lot of faith in Watt, but he's he's proven it so far that he was the right choice. Definitely, I mean, he he, he was one of the guys that led that, you know, almost led that reverse sweep against Miami. He was the guy, yeah, yeah. and then knocking down shots. Speaking of Miami, let's just go on to this this game, okay? Uh, 119 to 113 over 76ers. Miami always has the 76ers hand, it seems like. Of course, 76ers, another team that's playing well all year, of course, as we've said week in, week out. They only have nine losses, and Boston's at uh, six losses. So, been a big game from uh, Bam, 26 points, 15 rebounds, five assists. Tobias playing out with the 27 points, seven rebounds, six assists as well. Any of y'all catch this game? Triple. I watched a little bit of it. Um, it was 
I would I would say it was underwhelming because Jimmy and Embiid didn't play because I mean obviously you know we still had a pretty good game but you know give give credit to Bam he had a solid performance. Um, I don't know why I can never get this guy's name right. Uh, Jaim or uh, Jacquez Junior or whatever. Um, yeah. his, his name. I'll be real. He's he's. Would you say the first time? Jaim. Yeah, I, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I always forget. I always forget how to pronounce his name. But, That's okay. That's why well, you just go. His production with the Heat overall is like it's like I it's like I hate it for Miami, but then again I love it at the same time because y'all know Miami's always known for getting like the underdogs and you know getting the undrafted guys and it's like he's definitely another one of them, especially with uh, now that Max Struess is gone and Gabe Vincent. So I love it for this team, but now it's like I hate it at the same time because I don't know Miami just always seems to just like you hit hate all it because I like this team. Just say it. No, it's not because of that. It's just. <laughs> It's just, but it's like my thing about it is that like with Miami is like you guys get these undrafted guys, these underdogs, and it's like, oh man, like these are gonna help us win a championship. And it's like, I mean, I'm gonna be rather good, but it's like, how are they gonna match up against like other guards like in the uh, in the east or in the west per se? So that's my biggest thing. I mean, like I'm not I'm not hating on the guy, and I think he's really good, but I still think Miami's got a few more pieces to make before they can really elevate once again as title contenders, like true title contenders. And let's just be honest. Everyone says that, and then we prove them wrong. So I mean, it's it's time to maybe let's just say whatever Miami does, they turn rags into the riches, and let's just enjoy it. Okay, it's 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 got to be the best franchise to sit back and always be an underdog and just watch them be good. Okay, but it's like, can you can you say it worked because y'all got to the finals twice and lost? Listen, listen. Um, hey, I know what you're saying, but. If, if Tyler Heroes, Tyler Heroes playing great this year. He's playing good too. And if Jacquez Jr., man, I mean, he's 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 nice, man. He's mm-hmm. nice. He could get to his spots. I wish you'd say say that mustache, but that's a different story. I, yeah, <laughs> I, mean, and I mean, if you watch him at UCLA, you know you're not unfamiliar with what he brings to the table. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I I, I saw him play a little bit at UCLA, um, but. You know, you so it, like you guys know. You never know if it's going to translate, and it's 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 translated uh, seamlessly for uh, for him right now. So if he if he continues to play the way he's playing, Hero, Jimmy, Bam. I mean, that's four guys that could get to it. So I mean, that's why I put them. That's why I said earlier I put Miami in there. Like they're, they're I mean, you have to. So. And, and, and we base our whole thing on being tough and playing defense too. Like it's right. the offense yeah. is second, you know. Yeah, when you get well, them, they, they already got they got the second they got the second best coach in the conference. Or they got the best coach in the conference. One, two, however you want to rank that. I'd say he's the best coach in the conference, top three in the league, right? Definitely. Then I mean, and we know what Jimmy and we know what Jimmy does in the regular season, and then we know what Jimmy does in the playoffs. So it's you know it's it's. A well, yeah, we're all so surprised by it. No, like no, everyone's no, no, no. Miami's not going to do anything. Miami still needs pieces. Or well, I'm just I'm I'm just I'm I'm just surprised that how well Jacquez Jr. is playing right now. You know, like you know we he, all are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, he's he's playing some great basketball and. And Hero's motivated because of all the talks about him potentially getting moved with Dame. So he's locked in. Jimmy always has a chip on his shoulder from the Chicago days. I mean, like I said, that's four guys that could get 20-plus. I mean, well, I don't want to say Jackers get 20 right now, but definitely Butler, Hero, and Dan can get 20. 
And if he is the product of 20 points, like he made yeah. up but assisting as well with it. Right. And if Jacques Jr. could get around 17, 18 and do some other stuff, I mean, that, listen, I mean, they, they, they're, they're, I mean, you can't sit there and say against Milwaukee and Boston, Come on. you got, you got to say, you got to say, you have to say six minimum, regardless of who you take. Let me do this. Keep on going. Keep talking. Let's I mean, go. <laughs> you got, you got to say, you got to say six games at minimum, whether you take, whether you take Milwaukee or Boston in that series against Miami, you got to because this is everything I just talked about, the coaching, the players. Um, I don't want to say the other C, the other C word because this is so used so much. The the, the culture, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, like is they they look good. Like he has he has a lot of upside. He stepped up, you know, in, in that game specifically. I was like, oh, okay, Jimmy and and Beat are not playing. Okay, like I'm not gonna watch this game. But I was like, you know, let me let me tune into the game because Maxi. And and I wanted to see what what uh, Jacquez Jr. could do. He came out there, balled out, and my for that home crowd, um, in a singular game, nobody, no other game was on. That was impressive. I just love to hear it. Who was hang on? Who was who was the former player? I think it was Udonis Haslam. I saw a clip earlier this week. Somebody, I, I want to say it was UD, where they said like ninety percent of the league could have played in that Miami Heat culture or something like that. I think it was UD, but I can't remember off, off the top of my head. Yeah, they said, it sounds like him. Yeah, it was has the was like ninety percent yeah. couldn't couldn't go through that conditioning that Pat Riley conditioning test. He's like it's, it's only it's only but a handful of guys that could go through that. Hmm. Nah, it's crazy because uh, it, it reminded me too Stephen Jackson on uh, all the smoke. He said something like I think he had like a uh, workout with Miami and then he questioned if he really loved the game of basketball after the workout. Crazy. Wow. It's wild. I mean, it's a system that works, but. A system that's not been working very well that we expected to. Let's go on to this team. Uh, the Suns, 114, loses to 128, the Dallas Mavericks. Yo, uh, Luka just seems to elevate his game against both the Clippers and the Suns for some reason. He is their daddies, I'm pretty sure. But uh, eight, 50 points, six rebounds, and 15 assists. What a monster not. I mean, period. I think I think Luca's definitely got to be in that MVP conversation. Um, you know, like with the way he's been playing all year. It seems like he's just playing with like an extra chip on his shoulder because I don't know, it seems like you know, we've always viewed Luca as like a superstar in the league, but it's like I don't know if people have him in that same tier as like the Joel and B's or the Jokic's or the Giannis's. It's like I think a lot of people I think a lot of people will say like he's like a tier below. And I think possibly because of that, that's why he's been really playing like with some extra motivation. I don't think he's a tier below. I mean, he's not taller than those guys. I mean, the thing about it is that, like, you know, he hasn't really been in like a lot of those MVP conversations. There's always been like those three guys. And then it's like maybe Luca's like four or five, like honorable mention. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just how, I mean, they're, that's just how it's going to be because it'd be, Jokic and Giannis are, you know, still in their prime, so they're always going to be top three out of five. Um, but yeah, I mean, I pick. I should have. I should have stuck with my pick in the beginning. Of this I picked Luca, and then I switched to Tatum because I just felt like the best best player on the best team. But I just had a feeling he was going to go crazy, man, and he is going crazy. I mean, he's second in the NBA in scoring, and B's averaging thirty five right now. And he's doing this right now without Kyrie. Any exactly. This is what I'm saying. These these are the narratives that help guys win MVP. So um he yeah, I mean 
I really think FIBA destroyed Booker and KD. I, I was watching that. I'm just, I was just like, on the road. I mean, he's just, he's, he's, he's one of the, he's one of the best. He's one of the best players in the league. I mean, he's definitely a top five player in the world. I mean, it's just you gotta you gotta put him in there. I don't. I know. I know the talent pool in the NBA is crazy, but he's he's definitely he's definitely a top five player in the league. No doubt about it. No doubt about it, bro. Like three level score, the passing. I mean, he had like three blocks in this game specifically. A couple steals. Body Phoenix. <laughs> He body Phoenix, man. I mean, listen, he he keeps this up, and like I said, and it was only and since those guys have already won MVPs over the last four years, they media the voters they're looking for someone fresh, they're looking for someone new to vote for, and he's right there. So I think this is the year for him to win it. It could be, of course, you know, he had the fifty points on Christmas, and then he followed it up, I think, with a forty point game after that, or thirty nine, or something like that. So I mean. <laughs> Guys, yeah. man. And then for Phoenix, it's man, it's Beal. I, I mean, man. I, I mean, what can I mean? What can you really say? He's just he just he hasn't been. He couldn't catch a break. He got hurt against the Knicks. Um, when he like just just came back. What'd you say, bro? I was saying like four minutes into the game against the Knicks, he got hurt. Yeah, just just a you know a freak landing, sprained his ankle. Um. I, I told I told I said, we said it we said Nurkic I just Nurkic is not that he's just not that guy at the five bro he's just not it he's not it they don't we thought the depth that they added would help but you got Eric Gordon talking about he doesn't he doesn't like his role I'm like brother you getting I mean you've never been more wide open in your life and you don't like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like you know, <laughs> that's true. So I'm like I'm like if he's upset then the matter then then get the reports about Curry. I mean what did what did he expect his role to be when he get when he got on this team though like you know what I'm saying? he wasn't one of the top scoring options no clue I have no clue then KD's frustrated but I'm like brother when you ask for that trade yeah that's I mean I, I've 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 seen those narratives and I'm like yo KD cannot request a trade like you know no you you got to stick this one out I'm sorry uh, I mean I, I hear you but. <laughs> <laughs> We'll we'll, yeah. we'll see because he's still pretty great and like if he does one out again it'll be an, he'll he'll gut another team. It's crazy how people talked about LeBron when LeBron wants things situation he, he just LeBron that's why I said LeBron bro like the criticism that LeBron gets compared to Curry and Steph night and day night and day they'll do the same they'll all three will do the same exact thing but one guy will get massive media coverage and I'm, I'm just like yo bro like they're all top 10 players of all time like but yeah man i mean this is what happens this is what happens when you, you trade for a guy like kd you, you're gonna gut your roster you're gonna you're gonna lose all your assets they don't have draft picks um those are all go to brooklyn <laughs> um so see the difference it's, it's is lebron's been a free agent exactly you know? Exactly, Durant. causing the picks and the trades. I I agree. I agree. So, I mean, they 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 need to figure it out. They just got to hope Bill could get healthy. If Bill could get healthy, and we see how they play with those three guys, then yeah, obviously they're going to be in the mix. They're they're too talented to not be. But just Bill has to play. Like for him to be inactive, we're almost forty games in. It's like here we go again. 
Yeah, and sadly, Eric Gordon's already complaining. Like, if Bill's actually playing, what are you expecting to happen then? But winning changes everything. It solves all problems. So, if they can get healthy and win a few games on a streak, I'll actually be happy and talk about the Suns. But, you know, Miami's my favorite. So I'll say this, though, like as far as the KD situation. Now, if it does come to the point where, I don't know if it's during the season or during the offseason where he does one out, it might sound crazy, you know, with these two yeah. playing together, but I could definitely see LeBron possibly making that move. You said KD and Braun? I, I could How see that. What 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 picks do the Lakers have? I don't know, but honestly, <laughs> I think I, I think LeBron could possibly make that like you know really push it like really push the front office to try to get KD. I don't know. I mean, what, really, I mean AD would have to be gone, right? I mean that would be, that would be that would be stupid. Like yeah. you're gonna you're gonna let AD go go to go to Phoenix with Booker for KD. You got a you got a, 30, you got a 39 year old and a 35 year old. As your two best players with no with no roster, no assets, no future, Rob Lincoln might as well just you know pack his bags. He's out of there. Uh, <laughs> that's a two K move. That's a two K move. He'd be insane. Could you imagine AD with Booker though? That would be nice. Yeah, that's perfect, bro. That's the that's the that's the big guard combo we talk about. That's perfect. Yep. And it's Kentucky. I mean, you might as well call them the Phoenix Wildcats. For, no, that's all. <laughs> Wildcats. Now, as I'm saying, I don't, I don't know what's gonna happen, man. Um, I hope he doesn't go to the Lakers. I don't want to see him in the Lakers jersey, man. I, I just want to see them figure it out, figure it out, bro. Like you didn't want to figure it out in OKC. I mean, it was kind of figured out for you in Golden State. He was there for nine years, though. Yeah, he was there. He was there for nine years. It was. It was time. I agree. It was. It was time, and it just him and Russ just they weren't close like everybody thought they were. We yes. all thought like him and Russ were like. It just wasn't – they wasn't close like that, obviously. Um, and then, you know, he goes to Golden State and everything was there for him. All he had to do was just get buckets. And now you go to Brooklyn. You go to Brooklyn. That was a whole fiasco. Kyrie, Harden. Now you're in Phoenix now and you're frustrated, brother. You got to figure that out, man. You're in the twilight of your career. You know, it's – I like KD. But listening to this and and just literally talking about it really makes you see how and I and I don't mean this mean, but how he's really hurting his career by some of the choices that he's made here. I mean, his best choice was going to Golden State. Best choice. He got a ring. Why couldn't you say, hey, I've got a problem, we got to fix this, or I'm out, fix the problem and move on. But instead you leave, and you basically you're on camera saying, this is why I'm out, mid-game during the season. And then later on you go to Brooklyn, ask for the trade to play with your buddies, and you don't play half the year because the injuries are all together anyways. And then you went out there, and you go somewhere else, get traded, get gutted, and it's not panning out. So – is it really more of the mental part for him that he can't? I don't want to say he can't hack it, but like, well, he said he left Golden call- State because like he he didn't feel like, and obviously Nick Nick would notice more than than any of us, but he he said he didn't feel like he was appreciated enough, you know, 
when he when he got there. You know, obviously because he was like he felt like Steph and and I, but I'm like bro, I'm like bro, what did you think it was gonna be? You you were the most criticized guy when you made that move and went to Golden State. And listen, it was it was it was the move where he got most criticized, but it saved his legacy. That's the move that saved his legacy because post Golden State, he has not seen a final since. He has not seen a conference finals since. So he made the right move. He made the right move. That move put him in the top, you know, 13, 12 all-time player ever, winning those two championships, getting those two finals MVPs. Had he not made that move, we look at him completely different. Now we see a guy, what, 16 years in with no chips? Are you kidding me, bro? That would be insane. If you look at the Dan Marino of the NBA. That's, that's exactly who he'd be. Exactly, bro. Can you imagine, though? It, and we've got more to go on. It's, it's 1055. Yeah. I don't know. But let me just ask this and let's be quick. If he stayed at Golden State, how many more rings do you think they got? Oh, yeah. I mean, sure. at least two more. Yeah, at least two more for yeah. sure. I mean, you know, like Golden State was still able to get to the finals even when he went down in 2019 in that second round against Houston. And he was cooking in that game five against against Toronto. Like a lot of people will say that that they really could have like overcame that three one deficit. I mean, who knows? I mean, honestly, hell, they could have they could have done it if Clay stayed healthy. Honestly, in my opinion. So I think you know if Katie's fully healthy and Golden State stays together, I think I think they could get at least two more. One thousand percent. Nobody was stopping them when healthy. Nobody was. Not Cleveland. Not Toronto. Not you know what I'm saying. Nobody was. Right. I, I yeah, agree. I I just gonna say I definitely think two for sure, if not more, because I mean they got one without him. Exactly. So, yeah. Well, now we got two without him. <laughs> you're right, right. Yeah, but yeah, I, I go I get what you're saying. Yeah, uh definitely. I mean, who knows? I mean, definitely I would say, you know, two at minimum because Curry's still Curry's still playing at a high level and KD's still playing at a high level. And then you probably could have moved off Clay, it wouldn't have been that much big of a blow. You now it's like cool. Now Jordan like, Poole would be there. Yeah, Poole. Yeah, yeah, Poole would have been there, but he wouldn't have had the same type of value. That's true. Yeah. You know I mean? Um, but again, who cares? I mean, who cares? You got KD and stuff. Like, who cares? Um, the situation with him and Draymond during that, that I think that's what you was talking about, right, Michael? When they kind of got into it after that, like late in that game, that played the factor. They weren't. That's, they got cool after he left. So. Like I said, that, that move saved his legacy, bro. Just like LeBron going to Miami saved his legacy. So they got all the criticism. They got all the flag, but they made the right moves for their career. So I'm yeah, I'll, I'll be real and say that, you know, that, that whole Draymond situation where they got into it against the Clippers, that, that did play a big factor because I don't know if people realize, but I think, like, out of everybody on the Warriors, the closest that Katie was close to was Draymond. And, like, you saw it, like, you know, like, even, like, even, like, throughout those three years, like, you know, they would hang out together outside of games and everything. So I think – I think whenever they got into it against the Clippers, and I don't know exactly what Draymond said. I mean, there's rumors saying that you know about hey, you know we we won we won before you and this and this and that this and that, but that definitely played a big factor in my opinion as far as KD leaving. Actually, I want I want to say KD admitted that too. I want to say crazy. I mean, you can really read his lips in that game, and you can tell he says this is why I'm out. And I'm just like, my goodness, that's awful, but. I'm just 
fathom by the whole thinking of what could have been on that. I mean, maybe that's a 30 for 30. Would that have hurt LeBron's legacy by not winning any other championships more than KD staying with the Golden State? Steph has more rings. KD maybe could be up with more rings. Like the whole NBA history could have been completely different if he could have just manned up and stayed with that team. But let's go on to our next point here, boys. We've talked a lot here. Uh, let's go ahead and jump over to the New Year's yes, New Year's Eve schedule review. Uh, of course, that's today. We've had a few games already played and won and over. Of course, the uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Hawks 130 over the Wizards of 126. We talked about Trey's 40 points and 13 assists. Kuzma had 38, 8, and 5 as well. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. I hit, this, hit a screen here. Let me back up. <clears throat> the Wizards are 6-26. and 26. Uh, Jordan Poole is not averaging 28 points a game. I'm sorry we missed that. <laughs> Yo, it was funny because Kuzma put a tweet out, like, uh, something about the Pistons the other night. And I'm, I was like, brother, are you serious right now? Exactly. Like, like, right Right, like there's like a tier above them right now, like, and, a, and, a, and a, a dirt tier, like not even an elite tier. Yeah, I mean, I don't dirt tier above them. Yeah, I don't think I really <laughs> see anything because even that the Spurs who gets all this publicity because uh, Victor Wembanyama, but they're five and twenty-seven as they lost to uh, Celtics at one thirty-four to one hundred one. Victor Wembanyama had twenty-one seven and three, but. Jalen turned it over. Brown had 24, 6, and 3 tonight as well. Uh, you want to just kind of go through these fast or just stop me yeah. when y'all Yeah, yeah, we can go through these fast. I'll make, I'll make points about the teams when we do the, uh, the outlook and stuff. Okay. The Thunder continue to impress as they are now 22 and 9 as they uh, beat the Nets 124 to 108. Uh, Mikael Bridges, 22 points tonight. SGA, the MVP, 24, 4, and 6. The Pelicans have always owned the Lakers, 129 to 109, as LeBron had 34, 5, and 8. Brandon Egram, 26, 5, and 8. The Suns get a W today. Thank goodness they beat Magic, who obviously is a great team this year. 112 to 107. Let's see here. Durant, 31, 5, and 5. Uh, Vanchero, 28, 9, and 7. And uh, the final game of the night is the Kings over the Grizzlies, 123-92. to Sabonis so with a triple-double, actually, a 13-21 rebound and 12. And Dame had – or Dame Bain had 17-7 and 6 to lead both teams there. Quite a bit of games going on. Uh, how we want to move from here, talk about those games or go ahead and, and preview – Tomorrow's schedule, and then kind of talk about these games with the uh, standings. We can preview tomorrow. Okay. All righty. So let's see here. We'll go ahead. Let me get back to this date. Whoop. Got to go to the top. So New Year's Day games, which will be exciting. I'm starting out at 3 p.m. CJ, what a great game to really show how the Knicks are holding up against the Timberwolves here at 3 p.m. on NBA TV. Uh, that should be a great game, honestly. I'm excited to watch that one if I, I get a OG, chance. OG is playing. He is playing? Yeah, I believe so. I believe he will be active. 
So that will be fun to watch for sure in his debut. The Raptors take on the Cavaliers at 7.30 p.m., and that's on League Pass. Then we got at I'm sorry. Who, who guys taking? Who you guys taking in the? Uh, you guys taking the, the Timberwolves in the first game? I'm sure. <laughs> Honestly, it could be a toss up. Dude, I'm going Knicks. Nah, I'm going. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm rooting for the Knicks, but bro, their defense is horrendous, bro. <laughs> yeah. Listen, OG with his first game, it's going to be exciting for him to be in New York and away from Toronto. I think I'm, I'm actually going to say the Knicks in this debut. I really am. We'll see, bro. We'll see. You don't even have faith in your team. All right, the Cavs and Raptors. I've got the Cavs here. Who y'all got? Cavs yeah, I got, I got Cleveland. I got, I got the Cavs. Sweet <laughs> there. Oh, actually, listen, the same same thing. Quickly, RJ. I mean, I don't know. They, I saw Quickly post a story. They gave him his jerseys and stuff. Yeah, he might. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm blocked in on that game. I just forgot about that. Yeah, so I'll be tuned I- in. I think quickly will be depressed for that game. Too. I mean, who wants to play your NBA career in Canada? Anyways, what, what you got against Canada, man? I mean, I don't have anything against them, but when I think NBA, man, if I like could play on any team, the only team I would want not want to play on would be a team in Canada. I, I mean, when you think, I mean, hey, I'll, I'll, to be honest, I'd rather play in Canada than Utah. I I don't want to play in Utah. I mean that's fair. That's, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> no, let's carry on. <laughs> the Bucks host the Pacers at eight PM on the league pass as well. Ooh, that's this game should be interesting. Game. Another rivalry game. Let's do it. All I'm gonna say is I'm gonna pay attention when the game is over to see what happens with the game ball. <laughs> game ball gate. Uh. <laughs> Give me, give me Milwaukee, man. I got Milwaukee. Yeah, give me the It's gonna be a shootout, but let me Milwaukee. They're at home again, yeah. Yeah, if you take, uh, if you got DraftKings or anything like that, I would definitely don't even care what they say. I would take the over for this. Oh, one thousand percent. So, I'm doing it, boys. Eight o'clock league pass again. Pistons against the Rockets. Give me the Pistons. We're streaking here, boys. Oh, I just broke something, but we're okay. No, I got Houston, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> the Pistons, the Rockets. Who you got? The Pistons. I'm going Pistons. Two and zero. Oh. I got the Rockets. I'm sorry. Yeah, I <laughs> sorry, man. That losing streak is about to begin again. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was a nice one. The last thirty games. Oh man, we back. We back to reality. <laughs> All right, nine o'clock. We got the Jazz hosting the Mavericks. Luca's gonna kill. Yeah, 40. 40. easy. 40 and 13. Yeah. Yeah, 40. Oh, going to Light work. <laughs> I mean, he is averaging 33.9. He's averaging 34 points, eight assists, and nine rebounds. Like, that's crazy. Great. Uh, nine o'clock. This would be an interesting game just for the fact that, well, he, what did he call himself? D8? Dominant? Oh, man. It's, it's a good Dominate. thing. You don't remember it. It's perfect. <laughs> it's a terrible yeah. For real. But uh, the Suns are hosting the Blazers at 9 o'clock on the league pass. I mean, who knows when it comes with the Suns? I mean, I'm going to say the Suns. Well, I'll I pick the Suns too, but also people got to know, man, School Henderson's 
stepped up his game recently. Fox. He another he might have another big game. Yeah, he's been he's been playing well. He's been playing really well. Uh, goggles is a nice nice look for sure. Uh, kicking up right now and um, maybe that's what it was. Maybe maybe he just couldn't see. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been it. That could have been it. But yeah, he's, he's playing some great basketball right now. Um, and it was going to take time. People were already trying to call him a bust. And like, I'm like, really? In 30 games? Like, really? Yeah. And he didn't even really play all the 30 games. He missed a couple games. So, uh, well, yeah, I, I got Phoenix in this, man. Okay. Uh, Nine o'clock, we've got the Hornets traveling to Denver. <laughs> Blowout wow, City. one seven. Blowout City. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's Nuggets. Yeah, the Hornets, man, I mean, they might be another team. They might have to. They, they got to blow that up, man. I mean, there's really nothing to blow up because, I mean, whatever they got, they got to get rid of. And, Start over yeah. again. Yeah. Now, the game of the night, 10.30 p.m., league pass, of course, the Clippers hosting the Heat. I got the Clippers, man. I'm sorry. The Clippers have been playing really good basketball recently. Yo, this is a good game, man. Is Jimmy playing? I don't know. See, that's, but that, that's the thing, man. That's the thing with this guy. I'm going to go with the Clippers, actually, in this Whoa. game. Well, it's in L.A. You going to Clippers LA. LA? You said it's in L.A.? So what? Yeah, it's in L.A. So, I mean – I'm going. With, I'm going with Miami, man. I break the ice. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Break the ice. I'll take the heat. I think Jacquez is back home. I think he go crazy, man. Oh, that's that's true. Let's see here. We got Connie here, SGA for MVP. Are we right? Oh, I'm MVP ladder coming up soon, man. I got you. Uh, it doesn't have him listed in the injury, so it looks like Butler may be playing. Yeah, so I got the heat, man. Let's get it. Okay. All right. You talked me into yeah, it. All right. Heat all the way. I ain't mad at it. Get it. <laughs> all right. So, excuse me. So now we got the NBA standings. Did you say Connie was in her chat? Yeah. Hey, what's up, Connie? Good. I like it. We will get to the MVP. We are close. We are getting there. So the NBA standings outlook for week 10. Let me see if I can get that pulled up here. Uh, get to the standings. There we are. CJ, man, this is tough. How do you do this? <laughs> All right. So here we go. In the East, real quick, in order for you podcasters who can't see, number one, we've got the Celtics, the Bucks, the 76ers, the Heat at four, Magic at five, Cavaliers, the Pacers, the Knicks, the Nets, and the Bulls in the top ten. Finishing out, we got the Hawks at 11, Raptors, Hornets, Wizards, and Pistons finishing out at 15 in the East. How do y'all feeling about this? Miami has been moving up. They've won seven of three. Boston and the Bucks both are nine and one of the last ten. Philadelphia seven and three in the last ten as well. Orlando falling back a little bit with a four and six in the last ten. Uh, see here. Also, the Knicks and the Pacers. Of course, you you mentioned earlier they lost three in a row. So, how you feeling about the East panning out here? The Bulls back in the top ten. Is that the Bulls? Yep. 
I don't care. Uh, just one thing I say about the Bulls is some good good news about Alonzo. Yeah, uh, that's, no that's more, the best news. Yeah, no more pain in that in that left knee uh, that he got that he got surgery on. So um, that's, that's that's some good news. They say he's about to start running again and doing some activities. The start of you know in, in January coming up. So uh, that's that's some good news for them. Drummond had like twenty four and twenty the other night or something like that. Knicks need to yeah. go get. Knicks need to go get Andre Drummond. Straight up, we need we need we need some rebounding and defense. Um, I think he might be. Yeah, he's an unrestricted free agent next year. If they want to get if they want to get some compensation, uh, that that'd probably be a, a smart move for them. They decide to do something else in terms of their team. But looking at the rest of the East, like I said, the top four is the top four. It's what I expect. The little four best teams in the conference. They're probably those are going to be the probably the four teams in the second round battling it out to go to the conference finals and then to the finals. Um, it's it's just it's more of the same. It's more of the same again. It's just great coaching, great players, and, and this this is why they're so dominant. Maxi has struggled in that game against Miami and then dropped forty two the next the following game. So, I mean, he's special. Like I said, he's just figuring it out on how to be a second, uh, the number two guy. Uh, and B, as I said earlier, averaging 35 a night. <laughs> I mean, it's just it, it, it's just crazy, man. Hopefully, the year this this is the year for him. Get where he needs. We'll see. Um, yeah, man, Magic. Yeah, Magic. You know, they're still a young team, so they're gonna have some some peaks and, and they got some highs and lows. But as long as their core guys stay the course, good coaching, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll stay where they're at in terms of being in that five, six range. Pacers, they, I mean, they can score with anybody. Tyrese Halliburton, man. Whew. I mean, back-to-back 2020 games, this guy's special. This guy's special. Um, <clears throat> so they're going to be, I feel like just, just because they don't play enough defense, that's the only reason why they're going to be in the playing. If they had some better, de- they had some better defenders. Um, they could easily be a top sixteen, but they might end up being a top sixteen because we don't know what's going to happen with the Cavs, um, and you know they could lose and things like that. So, and the Knicks, they, the Knicks are not doing anything. They're going to be a playing team, in my opinion, because they don't have a rim protector. They don't have an elite rebounder. If you're if your core, if your centers are Isaiah Hartenstein, Taj Gibson, and Jericho Sims. You're a playing team. You're a playing team. It doesn't matter how good Jalen Brunson is. Jalen Brunson can't block shots. I just told you. I just told you about Randall in the top of the show. Never averaged a block a game in a decade. So <clears throat> they're a playing team, man. That's what they are. Uh, the Nets, they're again good, but not good enough. So they're going to be right there too. And um, same thing for uh, that's that's Chicago at ten, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, this 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 looks about how it, it's going to be uh, for the rest of the season. Nick, how about yourself? Uh shit. What game we talking about again? My bad. Off track. We're talking about a game. We're talking about the top ten or the, the standings here. <laughs> yeah, <I'll look. laughs> I can't even see it from right here. I'm not gonna lie. Hey, y'all, let me pull it up real quick. All he is, guys, it's really hard to have a show with Nick on here because all he does is tweet the whole time while we're live. Oh, man. Somebody, somebody has sent me like uh, some highlights. I was watching them real quick. 
We on the Eastern Conference? Yes, yes, oh. Nick. <laughs> Nikolai, I'm bringing out the Nikolai on you again on this. Uh, I mean, I'll be the top. The top six is going to be the same for the most part. I mean, you know, I think I think it's kind of interchangeable with Cleveland, Indiana, and New York. I think you know, I think that that can change as the season goes on. But I think past, like, I think. I think 9 to 15 is probably going to be the same. I mean, you know, I don't think Brooklyn is as good as the other teams. Um, I'm hoping that Atlanta can go on a nice little run because I don't, I'll be, I don't want to see, I don't want to see Chicago on the plane again. It's just my personal opinion. But um, I really, the East is actually pretty easy for the most part because, I mean, at the end of the day, we already know who's the best teams in the league. So, you know, like the top like four to five or maybe at least top four, at least, you know, it's, it's really like a no brainer. But I think five below. You know, I think it, I think it can go in like in some in some, di- in some different directions. Um, Orlando, I think I think Orlando's going to stay in the playoff spot. I think that I think they've been that good. They continue to only get better, especially defensively. And you like, I mean, I mean, hell, it's crazy because even like before the year, I said, okay, give this team like another few years, but they're kind of in the same position, I guess, that OKC is in, where it's like, okay, like you know. I mean, obviously, they still got a lot of growth to, uh, to build in the future, but you know, they're showing us now that you know that they are true playoff contenders, and I love what I've been seeing from Orlando. So, at least top four or five, you know, it's kind of like a no-brainer to me. Then I think below that, you know, I think we'll see some um, some seed changes as the season goes on. All right, let's go ahead and scroll on down to the west because we got what forty-five minutes till the ball drops. Oh, should we sure do? Dang. Go ahead, Nick. Carry on there if you want to for the West. For the Western Conference, um, give credit to the Minnesota Timberwolves for stay, for staying afloat, being the best team in the Western Conference. OKC as well. They got a big win today over Brooklyn. Um, Denver, I know Denver. They kind of, I don't know, people were kind of climbing Denver because they ended up being blown out by OKC on Friday night. But people also got to remember that was a back-to-back, and they had blown out Memphis the, the night before. But them being at 23-11, and 11, it's a no-brainer. The Clippers, who – I've been really, really impressed with. Um, they, they really, I'm not going to say they figured it out, but they're playing a lot better basketball than what we saw throughout like the first few weeks of the Harden trade. You know, I think Harden's connection with his teammates have been really, really good. And I think the biggest, the biggest thing has to be health for this team. I think that's the, I mean, obviously that's got to be the biggest component because obviously a lot of these guys are injury prone, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, James Harden. So we already know what, what like like the the dynamic that they do bring to the table, but it's all about whether those guys can stay on the floor. But besides that, I love the Clippers. You know, I love I love the improvements that that they've made. The Kings, the Kings are good, but my God, they don't play no defense, bro. They be giving a lot. They be giving up like 120, 140 points. Like my God, like I was watching the game a few weeks ago against Boston. They had like, they had, like the end of the quarter was like forty three to forty one or something like that. I mean, it, it may have, it may have not been like that exact score, but. It was still like it was still like it was still like a really high scoring game in that on the um, in that contest. So that's that's got to be a challenge for the Kings move forward. Is can they elevate defensively? Which is crazy because they were actually really. I mean, I'm not gonna say like they were the best defensive team last year, but they were actually pretty good last year. So that's something that that they could definitely improve upon. But besides that, they've been pretty good. Um, we talked about Dallas, you know, in the, in the type of season that Luca's having. Um, New Orleans at 19 and 14 is really interesting, but you know, everybody's healthy. BI is healthy. Zion is healthy. You know, CJ's, you know, like stepping in as far as that veteran leadership. So I love I love what I've seen from them. Phoenix has won three in a row. 
Uh, let's see if they could possibly turn things around. The Lakers, like, I mean, they're 17 to 17. They've lost their last few games, at least, you know, throughout this weekend of Minnesota last night and now New Orleans tonight. Um, I mean, I've already, I've already been on record saying that, you know, that this team has definitely been struggling after the end season tournament. But I think what it is is that Darvin Ham is definitely still trying to figure things out as far as who he wants in the lineup. And let's hope to see if he can figure that out. Houston at 15 and 15, they, they've lost three in a row. Um, Golden State is crazy because we actually went on a five game winning streak um, following the Draymond suspension, which that was really, really big for us. And then we ended up losing to Denver. And I ain't gonna lie, man. Golden State is kind of like a nutcase at this point. I don't even really know what to really expect out of them. Obviously, Steph's still playing at a high level, but you know, it's really all about everybody else and who can really contribute at a, at a high level. Um, and then the bottom, you know, obviously the bottom's going to remain the same. You know, Portland at nine and twenty-two, and ten and twenty at five and twenty-seven. I mentioned earlier that the Memphis, that Memphis could possibly make the play-in. Uh, they're at ten and twenty-two, but now they lost three three in a row, so they kind of lost that momentum mm-hmm. uh, after Jai came back. So we'll see. But besides that, I mean, the West is the West is just the West to me. <laughs> All right, but you, CJ. <clears throat> I think I'm most impressed by the Clippers. Uh, you know, when they first made the trade, they was on a five-game losing streak. I think, you know, we, we had our questions, and we just were we were a little unsure on whether or not uh, this team was going to be successful. And uh, right now they're figuring it out. And I said it was going to come down to Ty Lue. Uh, I said if they're going to have to be able to sacrifice all of those guys to start with Rust, uh, being selfless, willing to come off the bench, and uh, and be the sixth man for this team, knowing how important that was. Kawhi really stepped his game up over these last few weeks. And I mean, listen, if they if they continue to do what they need to do, continue to do what they do, uh, they're going to be tough against anybody um, in the West or or in the East if they're able to get there. I mean, this is this is the, this is the window. I mean, you bring in Harden, you have Russ, you got you got Kawhi and PG, one of the best coaches in the league, and Ty Lue. You, you got you got to get you got to get to the conference finals. You have to get to the conference finals. They have the talent to get there. Um, seven game series. If these guys step up, you, you, you should like. If you're a Clipper fan, you should like your chances against any of these teams in the West, Denver included. So, uh, you know they're playing well. I'm impressed that they're you know they're figuring it out. Even with, you know with about you know 50 games or so left um, in, in, in the season. OKC, man, I mean, just wow. I mean, they they made they really made that leap, and SGA is incredible. He's he's incredible. He gets to his spots, unguardable. He's a walk. He's a walking thirty. He's a walk. Him and Luca are just walking thirties. Like, you know, look, and, and B too. I mean, that's why they're top three in scoring because they as soon as they step on the court, you already know they're gonna get thirty. And you got Jalen Williams, <clears throat> Chet Holmgren. Those guys really kicking up, man. Like they've hitting on all cylinders. They're really hitting on all cylinders right now. And second in the second in the West. I'm, and they and honestly, you know, if they keep this up, they, they could they could potentially be number one in the West. I mean, you know, Minnesota gets slides a little bit. They continue to do what they need to do. They're only two games back. So uh I, I'm just I'm I'm really impressed. And they still got a plethora of draft picks. 
like over the next couple of years. So they could, you know, they could take some of those picks and get other guys if necessary to build around this team. I, I told you guys, I, I think Giddy is on the, he, I don't think he's going to be a part of the, the future. Everything else aside, and then we already know what, what I'm talking about, just in terms of just his skill set. He's a good playmaker, good rebounder, but he can't shoot. He can't play defense. So he might get packed up soon in addition to every, all the other stuff, too. Um, that's, you know, surrounding his name right now. Um, and they could go get another player that could make them even better. And, uh, yeah, I mean, again, you got Chet, you got SGA, Jalen Williams. They're going to be dominant for years to come, man. And, and I, look at, I look at the West, I'll say it goes like this. And I know it's, it's early, but <clears throat> top four, I strongly believe those are those would be the those would be the fourteen. Now Luca has Luca could have something to say. Luca and Kyrie could have something to say about that. They're special. Sacramento, I just don't think they have enough fire firepower for the postseason. For the post Fox is incredible. But for the postseason, I don't think they have enough firepower uh to match up against Luca and Kyrie, Jokic and Murray. You know the four guys I talked about, and uh, and for the Clippers, and then SGA and Chet and those guys. I don't think they have enough. Um, so I think I think those the four teams we see right now could could be it. Could be could be that final four in the Western Conference. And then looking at the plan, and then a little bit outside of the plan. Yeah, uh, just again, the Lakers is just they, they're going to be up and down. They're just going to continue to be up and down because they just haven't been able to figure out the right rotation. And when you you keep mismatching, mix matching rotations every you know two weeks, you can't develop a chemistry with certain guys. And I understand you know Darvin is trying to find the right guys around LeBron and AD. Um, and yeah, and unfortunately you're going to have to you're going to take a couple losses in that. But uh, they need to figure it out fast. Because this is not the conference to be, uh, you know, slipping. You, you can't slip. You, you definitely can't slip in this conference. Rockets are playing good, and then Golden State, like I said, Golden State, like we've been saying for weeks, they got to make a trade if they want to get if they want to get into the play, and they have to they have to trade. That's why I feel like Siakam is a good is a good piece for them. Uh, takes a, takes some pressure off of Steph, um, creates opportunities for for Clay and those other guys. So yeah, they, they need to make a move because you know Curry missing the playoffs. Uh, that, that's just a, that's a bad narrative. Yeah, that would that would be tough. Uh, I'll just <laughs> say that. <clears throat> crazy. Uh, listening to you, I was at first like I don't know if this is the top four, but. I don't see anyone really falling out of that top four. The only team that I think could possibly be falling out is the one that's in fourth place, and that's the Clippers. Clippers are playing well right now. They're eight and two in the last ten to a game win streak. But the Clippers, I don't think, worry so much on that placement uh, as far as you know when it comes rest, whatever man- load management, and the whole nine yards of that. So I say that I don't know if it'd be the Kings or the Mavericks take over that four spot, and it's just due to the the possibility of rest. Now, the Suns could turn it on with all three healthy. The Lakers, I don't think, would be turning it on, but also the Pelicans are kind of playing good right now. I'm not going to jump all over it, but I'm just going to say they're playing good right now. So 
as you talk, I, I can I can buy into what you're saying. So the only thing I would say is maybe the way that Luke is playing that he could push his team when excuse me, Kyrie comes back to that four spot and jump the Kings. Kings are the team in the top six that has to make a trade, in my opinion. The Timberwolves are they're set of who they have. Thunder, they're not trading anything. Uh, in my opinion, I wouldn't think they could trade unless they were to go get uh, marketing like we kind of talked about in a few episodes back because they do have the picks, and Jazz are, are pick-hungry. Uh, the Clippers, I don't think they have anything that they can trade. The Kings are the only team that I think has something to trade. As far as the West, I think it's looking pretty good as far as it's panned out there. Uh, the 7 through 10, I don't think it really matters who it is. I don't think the Rockets finish in the top 10 they're playing. I think the Warriors will end up taking that position. So, uh, yeah, that's where we are at least right now in week 10, I think so. Uh, next, our topic, uh, let's go ahead and do what? Uh, I was making a joke. I said I'm fine in the West. For okay. So, our next – segment that we have is the MVP ladder. Uh, let me go ahead. Do I, do I have a... No, I don't think that. Okay, I didn't think I had anything for the pull-up on that in the, the, the bookmarks. A lot's going on. A lot of players are having big games. I will say this week and B's not played uh, every game, so I do think that takes into a little bit of a factor on who we're putting. Uh, CJ, you want to go ahead and start us out on your top five MVPs as of this week? Yeah, this one was tough. I actually got six this week because uh, – Yeah, I know. I, I know, guys, uh, you know, really not the traditional route. But, I mean, it's it's, 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 it's a real close race with these six guys, and I just felt I couldn't leave one out. Um, I got number six. I got Giannis um, Antetokounmpo. We already know what he's going to do every single night, how well he's playing. Uh, at five, I have Nikola Jokic. Uh, man, I mean, yeah, I think he, I think he was like the first, this, the first player in NBA history to have a two triple doubles being perfect from the field. Throughout eleven for eleven, he had like twenty four, thirteen, and something like is just the guy. He's, he's a he's a walking triple double machine. We know that his impact. Four, I have Embiid, and. I know he's missing some games, and I mean, I, I don't think he's going to win it because I, at this point, he already has the MVP. He already has his MVP. I think for Philadelphia and for himself, they just want to make sure he's as healthy as is possible come playoff time. So you know, I don't think he's that. Con- he, I don't think he's that concerned of if he misses the the game threshold to win MVP. I think they're more focused on him being, like, like I said, as healthy as possible, but he's still going to be in the conversation. He's leading the league in scoring. He'll probably get another scoring title, uh, 35 a game. Top three, I got De'Aaron Fox at three. Um, he had a 43-8-7 game um, the other night. Just, just electric, bro. I mean, just what he's been able to do over these last two years. And then really, you know, transform this team, transform this franchise. And the city of Sacramento has been incredible. Number two, sorry, Connie. I got SGA at number two this week uh, for week 10. It, it's it's not even really like anything negative. Um, he, he had a 40-point game this week. Uh, multiple 
30-point games, like I said, that's what he's going to do. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then uh, number one, number one, I got to go with Luka. Got to go with Luka Doncic. Uh, I mean, he just just been on a tear right now. And uh, 50-point night on Christmas. I mean, I mean, he really – he had a 38-point game, game against Golden State. I don't know how much he had tonight, but I'm not surprised if he, you know, went crazy again. And I know he's going to have a good game tomorrow too. So I got Luka number one on my week 10 MVP ladder. Nikolai, I'm going to pay you back. Your list and where you don't have Luka at. I'm going to pay you. I'm actually going to pay you back off with CJ and I'm going to say I got Luka as my top MVP too. Like I said earlier in the show, I think he's been playing with more of a chip on the show that you could tell. And you know he's he he was like I think I think what it is that he demands respect from everybody is one of the best players in the league, which I mean he's already had that, but it's like I say, you know, like the MVP conversation has always been like Giannis and Bede and Jokic, but I think Luca says you know he has to put himself in that conversation too. So I got Luca in there. I got Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum continues to have a really good season for Boston. Um, I got SGA for OKC. Uh, he's been playing incredible basketball pretty much all season long. And it's part of the reason why OKC is number two in the Western Conference. Um, I got Joel Embiid. I know that he's hurt right now, but, you know, still, I want to say last time I checked, he was, he was leading the NBA in scoring. So, you know, him being able to do this and continue to elevate his game to higher standards, you know, is really dope as well. And then five, I got to stick with this guy. I got Tyrese Halliburton, man. What he's been doing in Indiana has just been incredible as he continues to elevate his game. And part of the reason why Indiana has also been kind of successful as well, I know that they lack some defense. But overall, you know, the talent is there, you know, and Halliburton is by far the best player on that team. I ain't mad at that. It's all good. But I do have Luka at my number one, 33.7, pretty much 34 points a game, 8.4 rebounds, and nine assists per game. He is the leading MVP at the moment. And I do agree with you. SGA is second with the 31 points per game, 5.8 rebounds, 6.5 assists a game. Um, I'm actually – I'm going to put at three – I'm going to go Giannis with 30.8, uh, 10.9, and 5.6. And then I'm going to have – man, it's so tough. I'm going to have Embiid right now at four because he did miss – did he miss two games this week? Who's that? Embiid. Embiid. The Miami game. Um, then they play in Houston, I think. Philly played in Houston earlier this week. Actually had 42, yeah. Okay. Well, I've got Embiid at four with 35, 11.7, and six. And then Jokic at my fifth spot at 20. I lied. I don't have him. I got Fox. I totally forgot about Fox. I've got Fox at that fifth spot. Embiid's had some crazy games. Uh, Of course, you know, he did have 100%, but at the same time, I'm still going with Fox because, you know, Kentucky, whatever. Oh. (laughs) Sometimes that weighs more value on what we can all really justify saying. <laughs> Guys, it is 11.33 my time, okay, Eastern time. It's less than 30 minutes. It is getting close. Oh, wait. Uh, Nick, you're Central time, aren't you? Yeah, I'm Central time. So. Okay, look at you. Yeah, 30 minutes. God. 
I'll speak it for y'all. Speak it for y'all. I was going to say, I would totally celebrate it uh, on Easter time. I wouldn't care if that way I could go on to bed. But as we wrapped up this show, guys, thank you all so much for tuning in. Thank you for a wonderful 2023. Here's to a bright future, a wonderful run in 2024. We will be hitting it hard with some reels dropping, some spaces. We got to get back into that. But most importantly, guys, we want you all to be in there with us, not just following, subscribing, liking, but we want you in our comments. We want to hear from you. If we do a space, we want you guys to get in there and talk with us because we know pretty much how us three kind of feel about this. We kind of get repetitive on some of the things because we have to keep talking about it. But we want to hear from you guys. Uh, I think of uh, Omar in our space that joins in with his – is he from France, was it, that talks with us quite okay. a bit in there? UK, uh, hearing his side of, of sports, you know, some of our other guys again in those chats with us. We want you all to be just as, as active with us as we are for you guys. But with that being said, thank you all again so much. Nick, where can we find you at before we wrap this completely up, I guess? Yes, sir. First and foremost, man, happy new year to everybody. Like I said earlier in the show, I hope everyone's having a good time and please be responsible, drive safe. Please don't drink and drive and do everything of those sorts of things. But make sure to follow Embassy Hoops on all platforms, X, uh, Instagram. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel at MNC Hoops. Make sure to subscribe on any podcast platform, Apple, Spotify, iHeart, whatever it is you name it. Give us five-star reviews. I think that we are deserving of that. As for myself, follow me at Nick Andre ATR. Make sure to follow for the love of the game. New episode will be out soon. And just tune in to everything we got coming in 2024. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, C James nine underscore on Twitter. Uh, CJ dot James nine on IG. MSC hoops everywhere. Any anywhere where you you're going social media, follow us. Hit us up. Happy New Year to everybody. Uh, it's going to be a great great 2024. Uh, can't wait to continue to embark on this journey with you guys. Rocking man, so we had you know had some some big goals this year. Uh, obviously, going independent, so and I, you know I think we had a good year. So next year, going into 2024, we're gonna make it even better. So thank you guys, everybody rocking with us, pulling up, joining the streams, the spaces, uh, listening to us on our audio versions of our podcast, sharing all of our content. Uh, we really appreciate you guys. So. Uh, thank you. Muted. Muted, brother. It is the year for the NBA, guys. It is 24. It's Kobe. Kobe, so sir. We, we've got to bring it ourselves. Uh, so, yeah, definitely don't hesitate to like, subscribe, put on that notification, all that, so you can see the content that we will be dropping in 2024. Guys, I don't care if you follow me at all. Most importantly, follow MNC Hoops, and you'll find my stuff there where you can follow me later. With that being said, guys, Happy New Year's. You all have a great one, and we will see you next year. See you guys next week. Next year.